It's time for Mac Break Weekly. Andy, Alex, and Jason are here. Jason's back from his adventures in New Zealand with stories to tell. Apple has a big announcement. Yellow. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Uh, we'll also talk about a new free program that uh, Alex says he loves. The story of the untitled Goose Game. And then, of course, the rumors. There are lots of them. We'll cover them all and give you our uh, predictions for what will happen in the next few months. Next, a Mac Break Weekly. Podcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. This is Mac Break Weekly, episode 860, recorded Tuesday, March 7th, 2023. It works in my head. MacBreak Weekly is brought to you by ACI Learning. The military uses the most advanced technology in the world, making veterans uniquely qualified for IT jobs. Before 2030, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported IT will add over 667,000 positions. There's one for you. Learn more about IT training at go.acilearning.com. Thanks for listening to this show as an ad-supported network. We are always looking for new partners with products and services that will benefit our qualified audience. Are you ready to grow your business? Reach out to advertise at twit.tv and launch your campaign now. It's time for Mac Break Weekly, the show where we talk about the latest news from Apple. But before we begin, begin this just in in a special express package <laughs> from London, England. Customs. I wonder what the customs declaration is. Uh, <laughs> you can say it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pros, medical prosthetic. It says gift bag. <laughs> okay. uh, it's from James, a longtime listener. Uh, he says, for everyone, it is this. And I have, I have one for each of you. Uh, so we'll forward, forward those along. This is Johnny Ives. Red Nose that we talked about it a few weeks ago, designed for Red Nose Day, which is March 17th. And it snaps on. I thought we could do the whole show like this. It isn't, <laughs> I have to say, not the best red nose I've ever had. Hmm. Uh clever design. But I I think the foam ones are better, to be honest with you. Hmm. This is uh this this is but uh, you know, what the hell? And inside there's it says scared for a surprise. So Red Nose Day is actually an important uh, charitable day, which is funny because it's comic relief. And I believe it was started in the U.S., but it has become a bigger thing in the U.K. for some reason. But uh, if you go to comicrelief.com slash Red Nose Day, you can find out all about it. Get your red nose. Donate if you wish. Everybody here wearing their red nose. <clears throat> Thank you, James. Now, let's see. Uh, will we have time to get this to you? We're going to have to FedEx these out to get, because Red Nose Day is 10 days off. We're going to have to get these to you quick. Customs it says it's a gift bag. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Jason Snell, SixColors.com. Welcome back from Kiwiland. You know, a panelist is never early or late. He arrives exactly when he intended to. <laughs> Um, I left you as Jason the Gray, but I return as Jason the White. I don't know. One does not simply walk into Mac Break Weekly. I'm out of jokes now. Sorry. <laughs> you shall not pass. 
Where's your staff, your wizard staff? That's true. I left it in the other room, but it is, uh, you know, I, 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 yes, I was in New Zealand, the land of Lord of the Rings, and they won't let you forget it. Did you see Hobbiton? We drove past, we drove past Mount Doom. We went to Hobbiton. Drove past Mount Doom. We did. There's the volcano that's, that is, and you look at it and you're like, oh, that, that's, yep, that's it. It's very cylindrical. Oh, that's we, we drove past Mount Doom. We went to Hobbiton. And uh, let's see, what else did we do? Oh, we went to the Weta Workshop in Wellington, which oh. is where Peter Jackson's did got all the of tour? his props. Yeah, we did. <gasps> the Weta Cave, which is just in like a suburb in Wellington. It's adorable. And we had a, you went to a cafe afterward and, you know, had a, had a, a tea and a, a meat pie as you do in the New Zealand cafe. It was <laughs> oh, great. Awesome. Fun. Two weeks well spent. Could have spent three, four, five weeks so there. You did, a, you did a walkabout, except you drove about instead of walking, but you did a Yeah, walkabout. about 1,500 miles. They're big islands. I mean, it's, it's Holy there's, cow. A lot of, there's a lot of driving did to you, be done. Did, a lot of sights to be seen. You did uh, both, is, is it correct to say both islands? North and, North and South Islands, yeah. Yeah, you did both. Yeah, we... Yeah, I'd say South Island is more spectacular, but it, and you know, but it's way down there. Like, there's not much other That's than the southern tip is. of South America. Yeah, yeah and we spent yeah. three days in Queenstown, and we went to Milford Sound, and and uh, had to, took a a Queenstown beer tour, which you know, if you've ever taken a a wine tasting kind of tour, it's like that for beer. So at the <laughs> end, you can't stand up anymore. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it sounds great. really good. That sounds and delicious. it was summer. And let me tell you, I I uh, like the idea of taking a plane somewhere where it's summer instead of winter. I know. Pretty good. I know. Pretty it's good. It's been freezing here, so you yeah. actually missed uh, our our California. Yeah, winter. we missed we missed about five inches of rain. I don't mind. Yeah, and a lot of <laughs> snow in the hills. Anyway, welcome yeah. back. It's great to have you. Thank back. Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, what happened? Had, <laughs> yeah, nothing. We had, that's okay. the funny thing is nothing. Good we news. had uh, good replacements. Uh, Marco Arment was on last week, which was a lot of fun. Of course, Dan Moore in the week before that. So awesome. Uh, but nobody, nobody matches the Snell. So thank you for coming home. <laughs> thank you. You, s- you shall not pass. There, I said it. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Yeah, you got it all in. <laughs> and please don't call me Shirley. Oh, no, that's another movie. And there's mm. Andy Anako, believe it or not, from GBH in Boston. Hello, Andrew. Mm. We've, we've had first podcast. What about second podcast? Second podcast. I like that. That's this is 11 you, you missed, you missed one. Te- I had a, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm there to cover. On the West Coast, technically, MacBrick Weekly is 11 Yes. Ah, 11 I don't know if they know about second podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all, it's all one large, long podcast to Mr. Alex Lindsay of Office Hours. Hello, hello. Hello, Alex. Alex, you sent us hey. some great, wonderful mid journey images from uh, last week, and you've been doing it for every show. And <laughs> I just, fun. They're fun. They're good. I love what they're you fun. do. Yeah. yeah Do we use it last week, John Ashley? I, yeah. Oh, God. Yes, he says. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there it the is. Warm apple See, the warm one, apple bath. The warm apple bath. It exudes, you know, comfiness, you know, like it was, it was perfect. Soothing. Yeah. Had Alex is nice because he sends us four and we get to pick. And uh, John Ashley picked that one. It was very, yeah, those were personally. It doesn't top one of the uh, ones he sent for last week's twit with the, uh, the fetch. The, the fetch dogs. happens. Uh, yeah. Those are good yeah. too. Love those too. <laughs> Well, it's not a requirement, but we sure appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, a good, it's really it's fun. fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Uh, gosh, there are some stories, but mostly rumors. I hate to say it. Do you lead? So here's a question, what? Jason, longtime journalist. Do you lead with a rumor or you lead with the news? No, I think the big breaking news of this week is that Apple has discovered a new color. They have called <laughs> it yellow. Yellow? Is, is that, that a rumor that? or is that real? No, it's real. Nope. Got released. It's New real. Phone. There's they, they. This is the Apple Spring Color Refresh, where they uh, say, "Oh no, no, we forgot a color for the <laughs> uh, lower cost iPhone, uh, yellow." 
yellow. So now there's that's your winner. If you had that, if you in the oh, lottery for what too. the color would be, holy cow! Uh, come down and pick up your turkey. It's a yellow. That is iPhone. so yellow. Yeah. Uh, let me see if I can. There it is. Woof. They call me mellow yellow. It's sunshiny yellow. Hmm. Mm. And it is available. Yeah. Not is- not though for you pros. No, you have to have no. subdued colors. No, it's a bright color. It can't be in a pro phone. No, we can't have that. <laughs> Too whimsical. Yes. Okay, so that was a rumor that turned into fact. So that's good. You yep. saved me. There you go. That's the news. But that's that's something that's something we have to add to the like the Apple annual metronome. That this is the second is this the second or the third year in a row that they've had a spring color for the iPhone. Third, plus, I think. Th- sorry, thank you. Third, uh, plus like an addition of and here's our new spring line of watch bands <laughs> because it's 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 fun. I'm glad this is this is old school Apple. I'm glad that like they're still remembering that this is the same company that did Apple so- that did iPod socks. This is you know this is this is it's okay to simply say that we're just there's no real reason or need for us to add a yellow phone. It's not as though we're missing. There's a reason. Oh, that's why that's why sales of the iPhone 14 were down. We're, we're, there are people who are waiting for a yellow one who've been holding out. There you go. The yellow it's, colors, it's the, uh, the spring colors tend to be kind of Easter eggy colors. So yes. here's the spring watch yeah. band collection, which is kind of an orange sherbet, uh, a lavender uh, weave. The orange sherbet is poly, uh, you know, is the sport band, the rubber band, a light blue. I would say bur- I would say robin's egg blue. Let's Let's keep it in the spring. And egg yolk yellow. Uh, they're pretty bright. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty, yeah. pretty bright. And, and you know, all of us nerds are going to be like, come on, it's just colors. And it's, it's true. It, it, they are just colors, but this is a fashion kind of thing. And not everybody buys a phone in the fall and yeah. this will get them through the rest of the year. It also allows Apple to kind of re-engage and, and have some ads that are not the same old ads, uh, <laughs> that about the same old phone. And I know as silly as it is a bit like, Hey, it's yellow. That's like, that's, Hey, Everybody, it's yellow, but it does let them remind people like, hey, here's the iPhone and and maybe you want one now. And how about this? And if you don't like this color, we got some other colors. And look, it, it, as as fashion-y and, and sort of silly from a tech perspective as it is, it obviously works for them or they would not yeah, keep sure, doing it. Sure. Uh, here is actually the official names. Sprout Green. Oh, please. I call <laughs> I call that puke green. Uh, canary yellow, olive solo, purple fog. That's the lavender one. Uh, those are the new ones. Okay. That's in the solo loops. And then the braided solo loops, we've got bright orange and olive braided. Uh, in the sport bands, we've got bright orange, olive. So I guess, oh, yeah. Okay. I guess there's nothing new uh, for the high end watchers. We're going to just stick with the same old colors. Maybe there's a new sport loop. Nope, nothing. They don't. Did they put out a press release? Yeah, <laughs> they there's a, there's there's okay. a, there's an item on on Apple's press release. Yeah, all right. Apple newsroom. I should have gone there this I, morning. I don't know what I was he, thinking. Hello, hello, yellow again. Yeah. Yellow hello, is yellow. The, mellow yellow. How yellow I, is your? My my aura. idea of fun is like how many like YouTubers and whatever like had to haul their butts into Cupertino for a briefing because the to, on the on the yellow on the yellow iPhone even though it's just a I'm it's yellow got it send me a photo good thanks got it so, no 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 we we really want to walk you through the mm-hmm. okay 
Here did we go. They, you think they did? No, come on. Uh, yeah. Look, I, I can I can neither confirm or deny. Oh, no crap. Apple says. Oh, all crap. I can all I can tell you is that I might have spent twenty minutes uh, oh. pondering my yellow, oh. uh, harshing my mellow, and <laughs> what, pondering my what yellow. What could you say yeah. about yellow that hasn't already? Like been I said, said. I, I think it's an opportunity for them to reengage on the phone and ba- yeah. basically yeah. like say, talk hey, about what software. Doing? Yeah. And what software updates they've done recently, any features that they've added, but also just sort of, also, this is the lower end model. So I think that maybe a lot of reviewers are like, you know, they, they cast it off in the fall because they're focused on the pro phone. And, uh, you know, it's a chance we hear about the plus sales flagging. Maybe it's a chance to point out the virtues of the, of the, that plus model as well. And, you know, but in the end, yeah, it's just, it, it is Apple waving to, Hey, Hey, over here, remember the iPhone and <laughs> Don't forget us. it seems to work for them. We're still here. Yeah. Yep. There's a there's a reason. Also, remember that Samsung does their like big flagship drop in February, so that's getting people's attention. Uh, Google also chooses mid season to do their A series phones, where they'll do like the Pixel Seven, and then they'll do the like four hundred dollars Seven A, likely like usually in April and May. So it is a, it's I don't I don't think Apple needs to necessarily compete necessarily, but it's a, it's an additional good excuse to make sure that you remind people that buying a new f- iPhone is something that they're capable of doing if they have like seven or eight hundred dollars so you thought there wasn't any news this week there you go hello yellow right on top of it breaking news <laughs> as timely as today's headlines how could i have missed it all right well back to the rumors <laughs> uh no there are i think benefit i think benefit 2.0 has got it i think they're both more mature <laughs> they're at a better place in their lives I don't she know. can forgive the back tattoo. I think she, I think this is a winner here. The back tattoo that says Jen Garner. He has uh, this really huge like tattoo that oh god that was interesting. Is it a tramp stamp if it's on a guy? Yes. I'm gonna say uh, yes. I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> descriptive, descriptively yes, because lower back tattoo just doesn't have the same sort of no, ring no, to no. it. No, it doesn't rhyme. No judging. No judging. No judgment. It's just, other news, Microsoft has made a redesigned Outlook available for free to all Mac users. No longer do you have to buy Microsoft 365. It is Apple Silicon-based. I, of course, because I'm a dedicated journalist, downloaded it, installed it, <laughs> got a little throw up in my mouth, and then deleted it. But You know, you know here's the, I'll tell you something crazy. I may actually install Outlook on my computer. Why? And here's why. The... Exchange causes so much damage in mail for me that I I think that I would like to just put anybody who interacts with me in Exchange oh, and my company as Exchange idea. server. Here's the problem is, is that there's certain things that Exchange does right. that nothing else does. Right. And it ruins if you're in dark mode on a, on in mail. <clears throat> if, what happens is Exchange explicitly defines the, co- the text color. It doesn't allow it to or it can. You can get into a state where it's uh-huh. defining that. And so people will start like, especially when people start coloring the text inside of their thing, which is evidently a Windows thing that people do all the time, um, drives me crazy. So people put like they start coloring names of like this person and this person to make it stick out. Well, the problem is you make that dark blue over and it defines that as dark blue and I can't see it. <laughs> and all what happens text, if you use Apple's mail? It just doesn't show up. Just, or? It just shows up. It, well, so there's a couple of things. One is that it is um, Apple Mail just looks, it just dark over dark, you know, oh, and so you can't see what they're doing. Great. And then the way it handles threads is just a disaster. The exchange servers managing of threads inside of mail is just a, a you know, and, and it doesn't happen anywhere else. Google Mail and all these other mail servers that don't, don't have a problem with it, but exchange just destroys it. 
And then the other thing that happens, which is um, unique, <laughs> is that if you create a new, I create a lot of folders. So I create rules and folders. Put this here, put this here, put this here, put this here. I cannot do that if my if the person I'm talking to has an exchange server because uh. it will copy it into a folder. And for whatever reason, however it deals with the exchange server, it comes out as no content. So literally, I see that they sent me an email and I have to go uh. to my phone to figure out what they did. So I had to pull it all out. So I have to leave all my exchange interactions in the main feed inside of mail because mail, whatever, I don't, I'm, I'm going to assume it's an exchange server doing something funky because everything else works. Every other mail, mail service I use works except for exchange and it will not pass the content of the, of the stuff to another folder inside of mail. So as a result, I have been looking at like, well, I might just take my work email because a lot of my, for whatever reason, both own, I know, and a lot of our clients are on the exchange server and and it's uh, and it kind of screws up my mail. So I was thinking, oh, I'll just take all the exchange people and put them in in Outlook. <laughs> and <laughs> just you can use Outlook. I I connected it to FastMail, and you can use it for your calendar contact, uh, uh, and yeah. for email. It works with IMAP. But you yeah. would say just use it for the. Ex- I mean, how can I'm you just going to use it for people ex- that I just well, just, just people that I deal email. with. I would just open it like I'll just use it for my work mail. I'll just put it yeah. in there by itself and not have any of the other stuff there. And then I just check it. It just means I'll check it less because I'm just check, I one has all these emails coming in and then the other one, oh, I got to open that up and take a look at it. So agreement will, uh, from IRC. Knox Harrington says, yeah, if you need to log into an exchange server, it's m- still much better to use Outlook. Exchange is yeah. Microsoft's own uh, mail server. Go ahead. Andy. Yeah. Even though, even though other, even though other services definitely support it, I'll. I think that's. I actually have that as my pick of the week. Uh, oh, sorry. Not, no, no. That's no. That's that's okay. Uh, but because uh, I do, I do use Outlook as my mail provider. Uh, I've been using it for like five or ten years. Actually, very, very. Outlook dot com. Uh, well, no, I, I've, I've Microsoft Office. My, my, my transferred my email domain to Outlook back when the one that I've been using for 15 years suddenly, you know what? Maybe 50 megabytes of mail storage is not enough for me. Maybe I should find something that, uh, but the thing is, uh, it's a, it's a really good sign because it is, uh, I, I had, I wasn't using it until a couple of months ago because it was the typical like Microsoft sort of arrogant, user interface design or rather hey if this if it because this is an office type app it has to run the same way on every single operating system so as a result on mac it really looked uh, vomit inducing it was really really like hey look hey everyone has bigger screens that means we can put more buttons and more drop down menus and more things in here to make things more complicated but they did streamline the design it looks a lot more mac like it supports a lot more of the built-in interface now if it, it sits alongside all uh, all of the other productivity apps really really nicely and i'll have to say that in terms of when you're getting like a real like industrial uh, amount of email every single day every single week I like Outlook for its ability to really have intense tools for clearing it up and triaging things and scheduling things. I think it's a, I think it's a, I think it's a nice app and now it's nicer to use and it's now it's free. You don't have to, you don't have to pay a monthly fee to use it. Do you, is, is it, do they call it inbox sweep still? What do you use that? What is it that you use? Yeah. Um, well, I like, I like that it, uh, it, it, uh, it, uh, it it basically has two two switches, uh, rather two two switches on your inbox. One in which stuff that it think it's pretty sure this is stuff that you want to know, and then the stuff where it looks like this is bulk email, not necessarily spam, but stuff that is not necessarily personalized towards you. And I found that to be very very effective. The spam uh, anti spam features have been gotten actually they've gotten a little bit squirrely in the past month, but that just shows how well the anti spam has worked before then. That uh, uh, the fact that I'm noticing a couple of spam emails out of like hundreds of emails a day 
uh, that that shows you how well it was working before. Um, that uh, I think that mail uh, mail dot app works great, but the reason the way that most people get to use it in a power sort of, uh, of uh, position is when they learn how to integrate it with other Apple technologies, other uh, other Mac technologies, uh, like uh, like again making it part of a workflow or uh, putting it into Automator or something like that. All the people who really use uh, mail dot app. Uh, in that sort of same industrial sort of way are people who've customized it with their own scripts and their own workflows, which is great. I haven't, I haven't actually tried workflows and stuff without looking at it. I don't know what the support is, uh, but I'm, I, uh, mail is something where it's, it really is like, it really is like dipping my hand into fire. Like I want to get my hand out of there as quickly as possible. So the idea of building tools to, to uh, work on my mail, on my mailbox is not something that I'm really inclined to do. So I'm, so I'm not saying it's the greatest outlook. It's not, it's not the greatest mail client that's ever been made for, for the Mac necessarily. I think that's going to be a very individualized decision, but I think that it's actually very, very good. It's no longer the afterthought. Well, okay. Well, we, we just the, the few last holdouts we're using Mac on a network, uh, on an office network that we haven't managed to lo- to lobotomize yet. We'll throw them a bone and let them use like the Windows 95 version of Outlook. It's actually a very good app, I think. Uh, Jason, anything you want to say about Outlook? <laughs> I used to use it. Uh, great. Like, I mean, I remember Entourage. That was also uh, a yep. thing. I think I think it's cool for them to make it make it free. Um, I'm an office Entourage. Person. There's a name. Entourage. What would, what? I have not heard. There's yes, a name for I have not time. heard. <laughs> crossing the streams. You're crossing the streams. We're in, <laughs> we're in Lord of the Rings mode. Sorry, oh, Lord no, of the Rings I introduced mode. the Ghostbusters. I made it worse. In the in a in a thousands of years ago in Middle <laughs> Earth, there was entourage, an entourage, a fellowship, or an entourage, if you will, of the Ring. How about that? There you go. It's the entourage one of them was, of the Ring. One was played by Matt Dillon. Mm-hmm, yeah, it's the it's a more broier version of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, now you've thrown me. All right, let's go back. Uh, let's go back to the news. The news. The Untitled Goose Game. Uh, Cable Sasser, we've talked about him many times before. Panic, he created that little thing with a crank that you love so much, uh, Andy Play and date. Nico. Playdate. Playdate. He also is well known for their uh, their really nice uh, apps uh, f- for uh, the Macintosh. What is it? Transmit? What is? What else does Panic do? Uh, sure. Uh, they used to have Coda, and now they have yep. Nova, which is Nova. Their, uh, I still web, use from time to time. Web development tool. Yep. Yeah. They, anyway. Uh, they also have a hit, which is good because, because frankly, those other programs probably don't make them a lot of money. Uh, called the Untitled Goose Game, which is a really good, fun game, which you could play on uh, PCs. And uh, I guess I, I don't know. I I I don't know if I've ever played it on the Mac. You played on your consoles. Cable uh, tooted, which I like on Mastodon, a short story. Uh, uh, yesterday. In fact, he says, a short story. We once submitted Untitled Goose Game to the Mac App Store because they thought, well, why, you know, let let Apple people download it from the App Store. It was rejected from by the reviewer because they thought you couldn't skip the credits, <laughs> which is a weird reason to reject it. So we explained that you could skip the credits. You could, in fact, by holding space. So the Apple said, oh, huh. And then... Rejected it for something else, and at that point, we just gave up and never bothered to resubmit the end. 
Yeah, it's on Steam and Itch and stuff like that for the Mac. But yeah. they, they were going to put it in the Mac App Store. This says everything about Apple's, you know, curation that uh, it, it, it's like one of these archetypal Mac App Store or App Store in general stories where things that shouldn't be in the stores are allowed in and things that are perfectly fine and there's no reason that they should be rejected are rejected for reasons that are baffling yep. or or don't actually exist. Uh, you hear that uh, you you hear developers all the time saying they submitted something that's literally been approved a million times, and then suddenly they flag something that's not new and say this is in violation, or or we couldn't get this to work right, or there were a bunch of Mastodon clients got rejected because they thought somehow that the the client author was the owner of Mastodon and controlled <laughs> the whole service. Like it is, it's just one of those examples. Like I'm not saying the App Store curation is is not a hard job, but I'm saying like Apple's the one that forces it to be a, the curator of everything. And if they're going to do that, they need to do their job. And this is just yet another story yeah. of a stupid, you know, a reviewer that's not paying attention and you get a stupid rejection. It's, it's ridiculous. Stefan at garden state. Social tooted back quote, please title your game, <laughs> <laughs> which, which would be, yes. you know, I could totally see it being the reason for rejection. Um, then uh, somebody else uh, said uh, it is the Apple has created the HOA, the Homeowners Association of Software. <laughs> true, true. Um, and honestly, if Apple is, and the old dash toots, success, fun prevented. If Apple, which is, <laughs> is in fact, by the way, it's a great game. If you haven't played it, you get to play a goose. So good. Pestering a farmer, making a mess of things, just being annoying. Ruining a whole town, yeah, yeah. I love. Yeah, You're the bad I, guy. It's great. Yeah, I got. I, I, I got to say, just as a, as an aside, that in the first like five minutes, I was embarrassed and thrilled by how much fun I had just turning on a tap, forcing something, and someone then the farmer comes on and turns it off again, and then just will be turning it on again and forcing the farmer to come back and turn it off again. I am embarrassed by how much I enjoy just annoying this random non-player character. <laughs> That's why it's so it's much fun. Game. It's so much fun. Uh, so. Uh, but you're not going to get it at the App Store because Apple just, you know, Apple doesn't like games. This is the problem. <laughs> Apple is really trying to establish themselves. Didn't they invite a bunch of influencers just a couple of weeks ago to the campus mm -hmm. to see games? Not the Untitled Goose game, I'm guessing. Anyway, <laughs> these things happen. I, what are you going to do? You know, I, I've i submitted a couple apps to the, to the, uh, the store. It's taken between... Uh, two and four submissions over two weeks to get them in. Um, they give us back something, we fix it. We, they give us back something else, we fix right. it. And usually, I can see. I, I may not agree with what they say, but I can understand what their what their thought process is. And um, you know, it, it just I've never had something not get in <laughs> to the store. Um, we just you know just move things around until Apple's happy with it. Um, there's a. I guess I I have to admit that I work in a lot of countries. I I live in a state where the only only part of the state that I like is that my wife likes living here. <laughs> you know, so so the only so the thing is is that you know there's a lot of things that are imperfect in everything you know and I think that you know Apple can obviously do better. Everyone can always do better. Um, it's a lot of people submitting things um, you know in, into those things, and it's not just a matter of hiring more people. It is it is a matter of just a serious amount of flow, you know, and and it's just an intense uh, uh, intense amount of flow. And there, and and this is one sample. There are millions of people that seem to be able to figure out their way to get into it like pretty, pretty effectively. And if you, you know, I've just, I just, again, I talk to other people that I've programmed with or that, that I've worked with on, on, on submitting them. They can't remember a time that they couldn't get it in. I talk to people who work on, on the, on apps that are 
again, people that I know that are putting these things in and they're like, eh, you know, sometimes you go back and forth a little bit and then you get it in and they don't, they we don't should. have. I mean, I agree. And I just want to make sure to be fair, Cable never says why the second rejection happened or it sure sounds like they just went, oh, fine, whatever. And we we have someone who who can get a lot of pop, but there's millions of people that are figuring this out. Well, (laughs) they have other apps in the store, don't they? I mean, I'm not sure, but I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, the app isn't and the app isn't like uh, it's not the only game app in, in the store. You know, there's lots of things out there. And so someone's figuring it out. And I guess I and I admit that I tend to be blaming panic. I'm just. I'm just saying that it's if you're pragmatic about it and then you figure out how to make it work, you just get it in. No, here, you know, here's and the thing don't. is, is that here, no, here's, the, here's or, the truth of it. Panic can, has lots of games in the store, Alex. Panic has lots of sure. they have fire watches in the store. They got lots of apps in the store. The fact is they were on all these other platforms. They're working with a development company. They're the publisher. They get they get to these two ridiculous rejections. And you know what they said? They said, you know what? The Mac app store doesn't matter to us yeah. it doesn't matter sure. to our business it's not worth our time we were going to do it to be nice basically and to say we were <laughs> in another place but that mm-hmm. that and that's actually one of the beautiful things about mac app store not being a monopoly is you can't do that in the ios app store but in the mac app store you can just say you know what it's not worth the aggregate aggravation we'll we're not going to give apple any cut of our sales we'll do it on steam and twitch instead and they and they sure. walked away and you know of course they could have gotten it through but i think it's telling that after two capricious rejections they just said stick it and walked away and quite rightly so they are on pc they are on mac via steam itch or epic they're on nintendo switch they're on playstation 4 they're on xbox one but note they are not on ios yeah that's 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 that was an important point realize that this company had the ability to walk away and say this isn't worth the trouble a because they're a big company and they have lots of other projects going on and c they had there was it's a multi-platform uh multi-platform game that if they could walk away from apple completely and still have some successes but they also had the ability to still offer this to mac users because there was an alternative app store that they could actually offer it through and this is why apple has to answer a whole lot of pointed questions about how they run the ios store because i mean i i appreciate uh, i appreciate alex this point that it's a it is a huge job uh, i also appreciate the point that there are people who have had problems with the app store uh, pr- approval process but managed to navigate them that doesn't change the fact that apple should be ashamed of the fact that the fact that the app store is broken is part of the app store's brand at this point this isn't a re- this isn't a recent thing this is historically you know that this is part of the burden you're going to have to suffer if you're going to be dealing with apple and trying to sell things through their app stores and the fact that some people are not having these problems doesn't mean that the problems that some people are having don't exist or shouldn't be solved apple but that's not apple, what i'm saying apple, okay but, but I'll, I'll, I, I, I appreciate that but i'm saying that i have to i ever i have to i have to keep raising this point apple isn't two hippies in a garage they have two trillion dollars if they and they have solved problems that are at this scale before if they want if they feel as though it's important for them to solve it if there's a bureaucracy that doesn't work apple would be apple would be ashamed of themselves if this were a simple defect in the iphone that caused a similar percentage of users to have a two-week problem getting their iphones up and running they would think people would be fired there would be like having press releases they'd be left and right i don't know why apple doesn't want to at least create the illusion that they think that this is a problem they agree that this is a problem and they're trying to do something about it in an active way I think it'd be, I think it would it'd be pretty presumptuous to think that they're not trying to make it better. <laughs> like, you know, like they're not trying they're to, try, they're like, trying and they're failing. Well, again, I, this I is their brand. That, again, I, I don't think that, I think that the, 
I guess I just, and I admit that the, that the, what I view, I look at everything is broken. Like everything around <laughs> me is broken all the time. So I look at how the state is broken. Every program is broken. Everything I do is broken. Everything is broken. Like everything's broken. Nothing's working perfectly. There's things that are, you know, falling apart all the time. I don't know a single thing that I think isn't broken. So, so I have to admit that I look at it like, well, you make, you make progress. And as someone who works in a lot of things with a lot of people, you know, nothing's perfect. And you sit there and you go, well, let's, let's, let's figure out how to keep on iterating. And I think that Apple is going to keep on iterating in those areas. But I think that if I needed to get something in, if it mattered to me, and it has mattered to me to get things into the app store, it hasn't been that big of a lift. <laughs> like it is like, it's not like it's been traumatic <laughs> to get it in. And I will say that as someone who's now right now, I'm designing apps that are going to go in, in the fall. And these are may actually be a, a for, you know, a for sale product. Um, I, uh, I don't want it to be easier because I know that I'll get in. <laughs> like, you know, because I'll figure out what I want. And what like I mean, stage I, capitalism, I, ladies and gentlemen, late no, stage no, capitalism. No. I'm sorry. No, I'm no, the, the reason for that <laughs> is that I want the maximum confidence of the user that when they download it, what I prioritize as a developer is that I want the, the, the user to have the highest level of confidence, even if it means that it's harder for me to get into so that they're more likely to go, oh, that looks interesting. I'll just buy it. Like I have a certain trust as a user. That trust is huge for small developers because I'm going to put something out that isn't going to be, usually I work with larger companies and they're just put, you know, and so on and so forth. I'm going to put something out that's smaller and everything else. And I need them to trust that me and that then what Apple does, even if it's high friction and imperfect, they create a high friction system. That means that there's a much more likely, I would never put it. I mean, the, the Google Play Store is not that way. <laughs> like I look at stuff on like on my Android phone, I look at it and I go, well, like, like, you know, like, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen there. And so I don't know what the interface is going to be like. I don't know if it's going to be stable. I don't know if it's going to be safe. I don't know all kinds of things about it in uh, any other store on an apps on the app store. I, I look at it and I go, well, I think I can, I mean, I, I'll give it a shot. I download things all the time that I just want to see if it works. I don't, if I lose, if the users lose that trust, the, the, the developers that hurt the most are the smallest developers because they don't get that, that, that automatic trust that it went through this filter, regardless of how imperfect that filter is. And sometimes it lets things in. It shouldn't. Sometimes it'll stop things. It's, it's, it's an imperfect filter, but the trust level is so much higher in the iOS uh, store than anywhere else. I don't think we can argue with the trust level being higher in that store than anywhere else. Um, because that filter is hard. And so as a small developer working on something for this fall, I want that trust level to be the highest. I know that I'm not going to have any problem. I know that it might take me three or four submissions to get it in. And I'll, and then, and then it'll be there. And when people see it and they think that it might be the thing that will solve their problem, they'll be likely to just go, okay, I'll buy it. You know? And, and so that's, that's the difference for the small, for the smallest developers, that trust is a huge issue. And for the fact that some people have a little harder time, I, I would rather them pay for that so that the small developers can have that level of trust that they get by being in the store. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll try to make this brief, but um, number one, I am never going to make an excuse for Apple's failures in the app store. Um, I don't think it's the be, be all end all of, of uh, how Apple runs this business. It doesn't mean that this is a total disaster and we need a, uh, we need a regime change, but I don't think that Apple has earned any sort of excuses made on how it runs the app store. Again, we're talking about a generations in which they know that's not just, Oh, well, gosh, they have a high standard of quality. It's hard for us to, to, to maintain that. No, it's these arbitrary things things that like guess what well we've decided to there's a simple form to fill out but we're going to put it on the top of a 20-foot ladder that's coated in bare grease why well because we're just making it harder for you Uh, and that's what it often feels like and secondly the app store has all 
of the same problems of the Google Play App Store, just in large, just in a smaller scale. That is a big advantage, but that doesn't mean that it is, it is, uh, it's, it's just a small, the problems that it has are a smaller, more contained dumpster fire than the, than the dumpster fire that's going on in the Google Play Store. So I don't think that Apple can justify that, oh, well, look at the benefits that we're delivering by making these, <laughs> by making these, this process so difficult. Again, people aren't, people aren't having a problem because they, uh, uh, they, gosh, they, they put a, they, they used a different type of controller. They didn't, uh, they, they put, they used placeholder text where they should have put final text. That's simple stuff. That's crossing the, that's crossing the T's and dotting the I's. They're having problems with, you've approved this five years, uh, five years in a row. Last year, we quit our jobs because we're making enough money off of this app to sustain us. And now you're telling us that you're going to be turning off all of our revenue because of an arbitrary reason that's going to be really, really hard, if not impossible, for us to arbitrate. These are, I'm just saying that this is the reason why Apple's being called in front of, of, of world governments to say, explain how you run the app store, explain why we should allow you to continue to have the level of autonomy that you have. And I don't think Apple has a lot of good answers to that. They're not, they're not getting called in front of the government because of this. They're getting called in front of the government because rich companies want uh, to give 15% instead of 30%. Like they're, no, like, let's be clear that right. that's, there's no, nope, none of, none of, right. no one would even hear this conversation. Like the, the, this is the reason that they're having it is because European companies want to have European laws and American companies want to have your American laws to cut down on how much they pay because they want to, they want to make instead of a hundred million, they want to make 150 million. <laughs> like so, so, but that's, but that's the only reason the, the, the not lobbies true. would not, the lobbies, I mean, you're not, you're not being like re- in real, you're not being realistic there. <laughs> like the lobbies for the little, these little things would never, ever turn the corner uh, in, in uh, the United States or Europe. You know, the, this is not what's taking it there. It's taking it there because rich companies want more money. Like, like, you know, that's, that's what, that's the only reason that it has enough force to get through that system. I believe that lobbying is an influence, but no, the EU it's is not, the, the EU is not having all these, but every single company because mm-hmm. the international lobbying committee on every single court is doing this. There is a movement basically saying, not necessarily saying that Apple, you need to be punished or Google, you need to be punished. It's that we have basically been underregulating you people since the 1990s and underregulating you have, has worked out really great for the world and for individuals. No, no doubt. But now's the time to ask now that you, now that you've, now that uh, now that you are secure, now that all these technologies have been completely matured, is it time to simply say that, no, you can't run these things exactly the way you want, that maybe there are existing laws that we have not been uh, prosecuting you on or at least examining you on? I don't mm-hmm. again, lobbying is always going to be the filthy fingerprints that are on every single part of government and uh, and, and law enforcement. However, to say that. This is that Apple's that Apple's only being asked about this stuff because, oh, because uh, <laughs> because another rival game store wants to avoid paying money or just because Spotify is upset uh, that they're having competition inside the Apple Music Store. No, it finds people inside a government who believe that, yeah, why is Apple allowed to have an exclusive on this? Why is Apple allowed to do things with its own music app and its own music service that it doesn't allow other music services to do? That's I. I just I'm not going to reject the. I'm not going to reject that this that lobbying is an influence. I will reject the idea that that's the only reason why this is happening. One of the things that and is possibly going to happen. There's a lot of pressure to allow, uh, get Apple to allow non-WebKit browsers on iOS, and according to Nine to Five Google, Google's ready. They uh, quietly uh, unveiled a new effort to port the Blink browser engine, Chromium's browser engine. To uh, to iPhone, 
Um, they can't do it yet, but I think they're preparing for a day <laughs> when maybe, perhaps, you can have third-party browsers. I'm sure everybody listens to this show knows that when you're using anybody's browser on iPhone, you're really using WebKit under the hood. It's really Safari with a different UI. Uh, Google and others would like it to be Chrome, uh, the Blink engine. So uh, there are there's here's screenshots of the minimal Blink-based browser running on iPhone 12. Seems to work okay. Uh, we shall see. Uh, 9to5Google actually built the prototype browser from the uh, source code on because uh, it is an open source project. And we're able to show uh, their site running on iOS in the Xcode simulator, not on an actual mm-hmm. iPhone. So uh, progress proceeds. Do you have a problem, uh, Alex, with... That, or would you prefer yep. that all the browsers were Safari? Sure, you can do it. I mean, all 3% of the people that want to download it, I'm sure we'll download it. <laughs> well, there's some reasons you might want to download a non WebKit browser. Quite a few. I don't reasons. have any problem with that. I, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's fine. I think it's, I, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with having them download and put it, put another browser. Apple's in, you know? not going to do it, of course, unless forced. Unless, yeah. unless uh, they decided strategically that maybe, you know, like a plea bargain. Okay, well, if we give you this, will you, leave, <laughs> will you let up? Or that it'll take the heat off, right? Like, right. even if nobody's yeah. saying, We're, we may make you do this, if they're like, look, look at how open we are. See? Just like when they did default apps, yeah. right? It, it would be a little bit like that. Um, and there are, I mean, Leo, I'm glad you mentioned there are lots of reasons for it. Alex, right? Alex is right that the home field advantage is strong, right? Like, just getting anybody to download anything over what's already on the phone is... Uh, it's the only a, explanation a top, for why a, a Internet Explorer was used for so many years. Yeah. It was the default on Windows. <laughs> exactly. It's the default. Right? And people well, don't, and we care, but other people don't care. But I yeah. was thinking about how, you know, a, a few years ago, there were a whole bunch of these, and they're still out there, things like Zencaster and Cast that are like, uh, for our business, it, like you can do podcasting in a browser and it records locally and then sends the file back and it's like a one-stop shop. There's only one catch. It doesn't work on Safari because for whatever reason, there were certain web standards that Apple just decided not to implement in WebKit. And so they still don't work. And these aren't esoteric. They're standards and they're not there. And, and, you'll, and so that means iOS devices are just out of luck. But you look at this report and I immediately think, oh, like that whole class of things that doesn't work on iOS will probably work if I can run Chrome on iOS because it will have all the proper like WebRTC extensions and file support that I need. And that like, it's a little thing, it's a niche thing, but for uh, if, if somebody's building their web app on what they think are standards, but it doesn't work in Safari, that means they're locked out of iOS right now. And although most people won't do it, I have gotten people to download Chrome literally just to use one of those apps. Right. So uh, it's just, it's nice as an option as, but you're right. Mm. Uh, you know, home field advantage is strong uh, until they, unless somebody, a regulator forces Apple to like not include Safari on, I, I, and I have a hard time imagining that somebody's going to order that, uh, you know, your smartphone must be sold empty, right? I, it seems <laughs> unlikely that that's going to happen. So I think that it'll always be dominant. If yeah. there's people I'm want just- privacy and so they use DuckDuckGo's browser. Um, I guess you could do that on top of a WebKit, but you're very limited to what Apple will allow and what, what they won't allow. I guess that's the way it, that's the way it is on uh, iPhone entirely. Yeah, 
I'm, I'm, I'm just glad the idea that, uh, that Safari will have competition on that platform. Cause I do think that it will, I, I don't think that Safari is, is in need of a major revolution, but I think that it would benefit by saying that, Oh, well, if we're, if we're losing, if, if they see that they're losing ground to Chrome, it will say, well, we better support more standards. We'd maybe like loosen our, our, our grip on certain things. The only thing I'm worried about is that we've seen, uh, about how certain scummy like social media apps oftentimes they make you they, they'll put a if you tap a link within a social media post they think you think that you're actually opening it in uh, in the regular safari browser or the chrome browser you're actually opening it inside a web view inside that app where the app can have more closer observation ver- uh, over what you're doing that's and almost you, all the time it's like you know when you buy yeah, something that, on instagram you're you're still an instagram right. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm worried that they will replace that. Oh, great. We have, we now have the Instagram browser. We have our own right. browser engine specifically for iOS, specifically to keep an eye on what you're doing when you're inside the Instagram app. So they're, they're, they're both sides to this. I have mixed feelings. On the one hand, I'm, I'm glad Safari exists. Otherwise, Chrome would have something like yeah. 99% of all browser, <laughs> browser usage, uh, or Chromium, uh, Chrome based browsers like Microsoft's Edge. Uh, so, you, and I don't think a browser monoculture is a good thing. On the other hand, I'm sure Alex, as a developer, uh, it would be nice if you could develop for one browser on the web. Uh, it's always nice to develop for one thing. Yeah. But <laughs> no, I don't, I think like it's risky them. too, to have a monoculture, so, you know, I mean, yeah. it's nice that bananas are very consistent, but at the same time, uh, <laughs> you get a disease, all those bananas are gone. And I, I think that, uh, security is the issue with the uh, monoculture and browsers. Well, I think security will be the issue with the. I mean, I think if if there's any security issues with any ex, third party browser, Apple's going to bury them. Like they're just going to they're going to use that. I mean, the thing is, it's what this is an easy place for them to hand a little freedom out and let people screw it up and then pound it. Well, you know, to and be so, fair, so the Safari, thing is, is that you know, look like, at the zero days that just Apple saying, just patched I, were in WebKit, sure. and they were zero days. This. They were in the wild. So I, Apple I, has no standing if they say well look at all the flaws in chromium well they whether they have the standing or not they're going to use it like you know like the thing is is that you know like they're they're, you know so it doesn't matter whether they have the standing or not they're just gonna it's just it'll just be a good point for them and and if someone you know especially power i think what you're going to find is that people are going to build third-party browsers they're not going to be as efficient as safari and apple's going to point that out in some keynote you know like that's you know that'll that'll be what the next yeah that's certainly the case with chrome on mac right uh Google is working. holy smokes. Yeah, it takes up so much. You know, it's, it's just yeah. a huge CPU draw. And, 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 you know, there's a lot of things like that. I mean, that's what happened with Flash is that Apple didn't support Flash because they wanted battery life. Right. You know, like, you know, and, and, and it's, and so, um, so I think that that's going to be Apple's thing. Like, I don't put it's, any Facebook, I don't put any meta apps on my phone, but not because I have a security issue. I don't put them on, I have, I'm on Facebook at, on, on my computer. I don't put them on my phone because I like having my battery last all day. Right. You know, and by, if I put notorious. anything made by yeah. Meta on, yeah. in, including WhatsApp, I mean, it's just going to chew my battery into the ground. And I just don't need that. Yeah, it's notorious for that. But it's yeah. a double edged sword for Apple, too. They can't push too hard. They'd love to have it be a complete walled garden, uh, but they can't push too hard either. So they're going to they're yeah. going to do strategic uh, uh They've been concessions. pretty good at trying to draw a line. I mean, they'll, they'll fight really hard in some areas and allow other things to slide slowly, right. you know, some direction. It's, you know, it's kind of an ebb and flow kind of thing. Yeah. I, I just hope that the idea of controlling the whole widget continues to be something they do because they consider every single possibility and decide that this is the way to provide the best value for users. I hope that as Apple grows older and as it starts to at the point where it loses its its CEO, the CEO that had such a close relationship to one of the founders of the company, I hope that doesn't simply become dogma that, well, if this came from outside of Apple, we're not going to trust it. We're not going to use it, even though there could be an advantage to other people. Uh, but 
we'll we'll see how that turns out. Yesterday, the EU in this uh, regard had a uh, what they called a, a stakeholder workshop uh, talking about the Digital Markets Act. That's the thing that uh, really is holding Apple's feet to the fire. Of course, Spotify was one of the panelists. Nine to Five Mac reporting. Spotify's uh, director of global competition policy uh, talked about the, the topic of giving choice to app developers, how to implement the rules related to in-app payment systems. These are the three issues. Steering and consumption-only apps. He wants two key changes. Spotify wants two key changes. And he believes that the law, the DMA, forces it. One, allow an alternative option for in-app purchases on iOS. Two, allow developers and companies to have direct communications with the consumers. That is a real burr in the saddle for Spotify and a lot of companies that Apple protects the privacy of the user and does not let the app developer have access to the user's identity. Um, and Spotify says this is the uh, this is the clause of the DMA that gives them legal clout. The gatekeeper shall not require end users to use or business users to use to offer or to interoperate with an identification service, a web browser engine, or a payment service, or technical services that support the provision of payment services, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, of that gatekeeper in the context of services provided by the business users using that gatekeeper's core platform services. I'm sure in the original Dutch it makes much more sense. <laughs> but... Apparently that's well, the clause, and I can see why there might set, be when this libretto is set to music, it's going to be the highlights <laughs> of the opera season. I promise you. Uh, Spotify doesn't like the thirty percent Apple tax, and and su- when they when when they use the word suppression, <laughs> I'm guessing that they're they're talking about the app approval process. I'm guessing. I don't know what that. Yeah, the the only one of these 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 three things where I really do say that uh, Apple should definitely give is the idea of allowing uh, uh, software developers to have a closer relationship with the users. I do understand I do understand the privacy uh, aspect of this, but nonetheless, I think it's way too hard to. I, I, it seems as though Apple is saying you don't get to exploit our users; only we get to exploit our users. And sometimes in a company like Barebone Software, you know, our friends uh, uh, Rich Siegel and uh, and the rest there. It's like you kind of want to have a close relationship with bare bones. You kind of want to have a close relationship with panic because they're great. They're great companies and they are probably going to do you extremely right. And the idea of making it harder for you to develop that relationship with your customers, also harder for you to figure out who are our customers. What are they responding to? Uh, what are what part of the segment? What segment of the marketplace are we ignoring here and that we should probably be uh, be uh, be trying to appeal to? I think those are really, really important things. And I think that Apple, again, at least needs to explain. Explain why this is such an important thing that that there's such a strict ban on it. Well, nine to five Max says Apple had a representative at the stakeholder workshop who spoke on the topic. And again, I think in the original Flemish, this might make more sense of (laughs) fostering contestability, web-based apps, sideloading, and alternative app stores compliance models. Uh, According to nine to five, what Apple's really saying is it it believes the app store model is the best approach for security and privacy. But they acknowledged that they will have a legal obligation to comply with the Digital Markets Act. And Spotify said, well, Apple doesn't really have a monopoly on security and privacy. <laughs> and uh, it's better for everyone to encourage well, more competition. I think I think that the uh, as a user, I don't want to give up my privacy. Like, like as a user, I don't want to if 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 you if there's some reason that you give me in the app to go to your website and download, you know, and, and to get more information or something and build that relationship. I'm hundred percent behind it. But if I download your app, I don't want you to have my information because 
when I delete that app because I decided I didn't like it anymore, you still have all my information. And if you look at how gooey, if you one thing Apple start is has gotten good at with the with ATT is you're like, really, you're selling my data? <laughs> this isn't. Can we use your data for our own use? This is. Can we sell this data to other people? That's when that every time you see that little window come up, remember they're asking, can I use you as a product? You know, and 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 so. That's how often they are using us as a product. And so that's why we don't, as users, I don't want to give them that information. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want them sharing it. I don't want to, I'm not, by buying their app, I'm not giving them the, op, I don't, I'm not, I'm not okaying it. Now, if Apple says, I think the step that Apple will probably take, which I think is probably fine, is can or do you want to share your contact information with this app developer? And that can be something that comes up and 70% will probably do the same thing with that they do with ATT, which is no, <laughs> like, you know, like, and so, but, but the giving the, you know, I think giving the user choice to have that happen, I think is probably okay. Forcing Apple to do it to every person that buys it, not okay. You know, and I think that, uh, I don't think that, I think that you're going to find more and more people are getting, as they realize how much they're being just resold, <laughs> like, you know, uh, like a market pig, um, that they... <laughs> Uh, that they, they're going to realize that they, people are going to start turning more and more against it. If for a while we were in this turn where everyone thought, well, you're just going to give up all your privacy. I don't, that's not the direction that most of the world's going now. Most of the world's going to, I don't want to share anything, you know, and Apple's making that possible. We wouldn't even have the, the ability to say, I don't want to share anything if, if the if iOS didn't exist. Um, and so I think that because everyone, everyone else wants, wants our data. You know, and so I think that that's going to be that's a harder one. I think the biggest problem for Spotify is that they're falling behind. You know, Apple Music. I I use both Apple Music and Spotify almost equally, just because I have some playlists on Spotify that I haven't been able to get out of Spotify. And I'll just tell you that the operating, I find that the, the that Apple has passed them. You know, as far as ease of use across all my devices and my system in the ecosystem, I think Spotify has bigger problems than than uh, than than just being able to get in and out. It's just not as good an app anymore. I still use Spotify, but I do see, I do see your point. I think I wonder I wonder what spot if why Spotify is still not uh, making the same commitments to high resolution audio, yeah. not making the same commitments to. I mean, they've been announcing they it, spend it all on they've podcasts. Been it. Yeah, and that's that's bad too. I, I do I do like Spotify because I, I have the opposite sort of experience, but that just shows you how uh, experiences mm-hmm. are different across users. I do find that Spotify it's very very. I love the I love the fact that. I'm listening to I'm listening to Spotify on one device and I have the Spotify app on my phone and it realized, oh, you're you're playing it through your TV and your home speakers right now. Would you like to me to take over and just act as a controller for you or would you like to override that without you know being quite so modal about it? But, yeah, it's it's a thing. One thing that still hurts my heart is the acquisition of Prime Phonic, which is the yeah. classical music app that I subscribe to and loved. And Apple has yet to replace it with something in every case you know whether it's spotify amazon music youtube music apple music they have classical but it's you know it's all mixed in it's just not as good an experience as Pryphonic was and i you know i'm sad that they've never i mean they killed it and they have yet to replace it they say they're gonna drives me nuts uh every single time i want to hear classical music i'm compelled to go through uh, an unpleasant process to get to it my 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 only real complaint about apple music is that it's it's so melded into the uh, the, the 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 streaming service that if you want to listen to music files locally which is not the i'm not the way that most people listen to but it's not as though it's like oh, this if you freak ever go on an airplane niche. you need it you have to have it. yeah 
and the, the way that they make it really, really confusing about well, here are your files, here are the stuff that you actually own, here's the stuff that you've got on your home web server, here's the stuff that you have like uh, in a in a directory on your drive. No, I don't. No, Apple, I don't need you to reorganize this. No, I don't want you to replace these files with Apple Music uh, uh, files. I don't want to have be in a position where. Uh, I've got my device out someplace else and I suddenly realize that I can't listen to this stuff on the plane because I forgot to sync or because I forgot to tell Apple that this is something that I want to take with me. I really wish that there were something that was more like uh, iTunes, even if there were, even if it were a separate app, this is the, uh, to create this really wonderful app just for listening well, to local music files. I know Vox is not the be all and end all, but that's why I pay a lot of money for a Vox subscription because yeah. I have all my stuff stored on Vox and that's what it is. Basically it doesn't have a, streaming yeah. component you just you you download i think stuff for streaming. i think a few weeks ago i recommended another free app that was uh, it was i loved it. i love it and i still use it because it really is like itunes like itunes pre right, right, uh, right. apple music service I remember that yeah what was it third-party opportunity i have to i have to tag yeah. into it to find yeah. it somebody will <laughs> i'll remember. find it though somebody remember yes and apple you know uh, uh, scooter x just put it, posted another mac rumors saying 16.4 beta 2 has has classical music yeah 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 i've been hearing it after yeah. A long time. I'm not getting my hopes up on that one. Now, if I you think have, it's just, I think it's just because Johnny. I think it's just because the people inside Apple like to listen to Prime Phonic. They won't let us use it either. <laughs> Jerks. Uh, just it just hurts my heart. I mean, it's not the end of the yeah. world. I can find classical music. Blah blah blah. They'll get to it. Yeah. <sighs> Sad, and it's just yeah. one more way that the pop world has dumped on the on the great music of our <laughs> of our life. Uh, so you're driving me by Peter Biscala. Come on, <laughs> Sonos speaker. I know. And the other reason I bring it up is because I know you and I agree on this one thing. <laughs> He's killing it in longer in for God's sakes. Sonos speakers are going to support Apple Music spatial audio starting March 28th. Apple isn't the only source of spatial music. I know uh, Spotify and Amazon both say they have it. It's a, and I think it's Dolby Atmos in all cases, right? Uh, unfortunately, uh, I don't have any of the speakers that'll support this. Uh, not the older Sonos speakers. Uh, you'll need an Era 300, the Arc, or a second-generation Beam soundbar. But if you have the, and I, you know, I listen to Sonos music on my moves, but they are not, they're not supported apparently. So, no spatial for you. I have to say, and Jason, I know you didn't, you did a review of the, um, the new HomePod, newly released HomePods, uh, and 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 you, your biggest complaint was that they dropped out, and I have experienced some of that. But I put HomePods, I replaced the minis with full-size HomePods in our bedroom, one on Lisa's side, one on mine. And the spatial audio on it is really, actually, really good. I can, as I wander around, I don't know how they're doing this, but as I wander around, I even go around the corner into the bathroom. It still fa feels full stereo and spatial. It really sounds great. So I don't know what trick they're pulling there. And the sound quality, I think, is just as good as the original HomePods. So. They're doing a lot of uh, processing on yeah. on the old one and the new one, right? That the, the spatial audio is ultimately it's it's got multiple stems of audio, and then on the device or devices they're computing their place and maybe your place, and then they're um, creating a kind of a dynamic mix where they're trying to you know bounce things around and get it to feel. Uh, like you're not getting sort of one sound or two sounds left and right. And uh, sometimes it is magic and sometimes it's not. Although I have to laugh, um, like I, sometimes with things like a, a two-point source like uh, headphones, you end up with this thing which is uh, 
what like uh, it's just it's just headphones it, it can't match up with seven speakers right and the answer is frequently like yeah but you only have two ear holes right <laughs> so there's a lot like like it's it, really amazing yeah, what they could do you could right like yeah. it, it, in the end it is when you put up seven speakers or eight speakers it really is just sound bouncing off walls going in your two ear holes so if they can emulate that right and sometimes they can do that and sometimes it works well and sometimes it doesn't but i appreciate what they're trying to do sometimes you know like in my home theater it sounds great in my ears on airpods i don't know i could take it or leave it sometimes i prefer the regular stereo mix at that point but um i think it's a fun idea and that in certain circumstances it can really it can really sound more isolated and 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 kind of full than if you only got two sources right because that's in the end that's what it is is they just got more sources and are doing more dynamic output uh by a you know the little computer that lives inside well, inside those speakers yeah. there's there's only as you kind of try to fake it around for some without having discrete speakers there's only so much resolution you can have. So that's the big problem is you can't have the resolution of where those things are. I, I do a fair bit where I have doing stuff in 5.1 and 7.1.2 and, you know, 5.1.4, 7.1.2, And there's just a lot of more places to put it. There's a lot of calculations that we do specifically when we get into height um, that you're doing this kind of comb filter that, it, that tells your brain that it's above you. Um, and in those areas, as we start to calculate that, it becomes... Uh, you're mixing, you're still, it's just very hard to separate everything out. When you have those ex explicit speakers, you get a lot more resolution. Um, and so that's the, that's the big advantage. But I think that, I mean, the spatial audio works pretty well. I mean, I, I do think that it makes a big difference. What we find is that if you fill up, I have to compose for some of this stuff at times. And when I, I don't compose, I mix <laughs> but, but, or build the system to mix it. And when you start filling all that space out, you are hearing it, things that are just coming down the center channel will sound more centered uh, because you're, your brain is being tickled into those, you know, by, by those other things and it builds a bigger space in, in your head. So I think the spatial audio is pretty interesting. I have to admit that when Sonos bricked my hardware, I stopped buying them. I'll never buy them again. <laughs> like, like I'll never, yeah. like Sonos doesn't even show up on my radar. Like it, it, it doesn't, the, yeah. the, the product doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That hurt. That hurt. We have yeah. a lot of Sonos speakers. 14 all of them. The studio. Yeah. I have How many do we have bricks. in an ear, John? Do you know? You ever count them? Six fives and a three. <laughs> Whatever that means. Four, that sounds like 33 to just, me. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, and then there's yeah, these four, new speakers. The era speakers are the are the ones that specifically are supporting uh, spatial. But mm -hmm. they're 450 bucks. I I think yeah. the HomePods sound great at uh, 150 bucks less than that. So I'm pretty happy with I, a, a big HomePods. I did note, Jason, that I get the dropout you're talking about where they lose pairing and then one turns on and the other one turns off. And it goes, that's extremely annoying. It happened to me most when I was airplaying from a Mac. When I'm uh, airplaying from yeah. my phone, it doesn't seem to happen that often. Um, it does happen, but yeah, it's variable. I tried it with all the devices, and, yeah. and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. And the, the stereo pair adds difficulty to the whole thing. It's so now. bad when it happens that you really, it's a, it, you know, it really stands out. But when it works, and mostly when I'm just saying, you know, I'm mostly just saying, hey, Shlomo, uh, play me some, uh, you know fine music and uh i listen to that and i'm walking around getting ready for, for work or whatever it sounds great i have to say i'm i'm really pleased i put those in the bedroom so they're good and we have we still have sonos in a, in a lot of other we have sonos in the kitchen and a lot of other places and it, those are great speakers uh i was wrong spotify I, th I thought they did they don't offer 3d spatial sound but amazon does my problem with amazon unlimited is it's half podcast ads now I don't, yeah. I'm going to there because I want to listen to music. I know where to find podcasts. You, you don't need to flog them. 
<laughs> and I speak as a podcaster. So I don't know what Amazon, Amazon's just like all in on podcasts. Spotify used to be. I wonder now that now that they're losing money on it. I'm not sure that they uh, they have <laughs> the same joy and thrill in podcasting that we here on the other side do. Um, all right, let's take a little break. When we come back, I will do all the rumors. There are so many, so <laughs> many rumors. And some of them very, very, very exciting. So we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Andy Anako, WGBH Boston. From officehours.global, Alex Lindsay, and back from his walkabout in New Zealand, Mr. Jason Snell, sixcolors.com. You might have noticed when you see the full studio, the beautiful signage for those great folks at ACI Learning. I want to tell you about ACI Learning. Uh, not only are they studio sponsors, but you know them because ACI Learning merged with IT Pro. Actually, it's been more than a year now. And so all of you, and many of you I know, have, have become IT Pro users. Uh, you should know that IT Pro has paired with ACI Learning and now can do so much more. Not just IT Pro, but Audit Pro. They've got practice labs. They even now have hubs, places where you can go in person for in-person instruction. And you can mix and match, and I love that. The most tech-savvy people in the world serve in the military, right? That's a great way to get your first tech chops. But then, you know, you're mustering out. you got to decide how to transition to civilian life. ACI Learning wants you to know they proudly support veterans who are looking for a civilian career in IT or cybersecurity. Those vets are really ready. They're really good workers. They're smart, and they often have a lot of experience from the military. And now you can get that job. The Bureau of Labor Statistics reported IT will add over 667,000 new jobs between now and 2030. Veterans are so perfectly qualified for these vacancies because in many cases you've already used the most advanced technology in the world. Uh, and of course, security is number one, job number one with IT in the, uh, in the military. Many service members Already have the training to protect systems from attacks. IT is a natural transition for you. If you like that, you really ought to consider ACI learning. IT is a, a huge field, of course. Many opportunities that are very popular, especially for veterans, including cybersecurity. Did you know the average salary for a cybersecurity specialist is 116000 a year? ACI Learning's information security analyst and cybersecurity specialist programs can help vets start their career. Network administration, also a great place to start. You know, you'll always have a job if you know how the network runs. The average salary for an entry-level, entry-level network administrator is 75 k ACI Learning's Network Support Specialist Program provides the training needed to pursue or advance a career in networking. So you're ready to take the CCNA cert or the CompTIA security or network certification exams. Those certs are a great way to get that job. IT project management, also important. The average salary of an IT project manager, $105,000 a year. Projected to grow 11% in the next 10 years. ACI Learning's Senior Technology Project Manager Program certifies students in the skills they need to become a project manager. The world awaits you, and we need you. We desperately, desperately need you. If you want to know more, IT training with funding specially for veterans acilearning.com slash veteran-it-training. Do it in person, on demand, or remote. 
There are several programs available for vets who want to fund their education. Really great way to make that transition to civilian life. Choose a career to support your goals. Let ACI Learning help you get started. ACI Learning and Twit TV want to thank our veterans and active duty service members for their service. We really appreciate it. And this is a way we can kind of give back a little bit. The military uses the most advanced technology in the world, making veterans uniquely qualified for IT jobs. Before 2030, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reported IT will add over 667,000 positions. Learn more about IT training for vets at go.acilearning.com slash twit, and you'll uh, you'll save 30% when you use the offer code twit30. That's on a standard or premium individual IT pro membership. Go.acilearning.com slash twit. We really uh, appreciate the support from ACI Learning. You support us when you go to that address. So whether you go to aclearning.com slash veteran-it-training or the main site go.aclearning.com slash twit, make sure you do that so that they know you saw it here. And use that code twit30 because you get a reward 30% off. Thank you, ACI. All right. I'm excited about some of these rumors. In fact, I've had to rethink my uh, my my Mac buying strategy based on one of these. Is this a surprise, Jason, that maybe the new 15-inch MacBook Air will have an M3 in it? I didn't think yeah. that was going to happen. I I am not a believer, but it would be a big surprise for them to turn over from the M2 to the M3 in less than a year. Remember, that was a WWDC announcement last year of the M2. And so if the M3 is coming sooner rather than later, I'd be a little surprised. I think the real question is sequencing. Is this 15-inch MacBook or MacBook Air coming out soon? And then there will be a M3 version of the MacBook 13-inch MacBook Air that we know and love. Uh, According to the rumor. Summer. According to the rumor. But right. Yeah. That's, I guess they'll all, or, there will be for sure. But will it be this right. year? Will it be this summer? Will it be this spring? Right. Will it but be I guess my form? question is the sequence is, do you, would you, if you're Apple, come out with this, this big 15-inch laptop that you want that's not a pro uh, with an M2 and then three or four months later go to M3? Ah, yeah. Or would you hold off and right. release an M3 Air and the 15-inch together? And I, I think, you know, from the outside, that's what it looks like. But I, from the inside, it may entirely be that the 15-inch was always intended to be the trail end of the M2 generation and that the M3 generation would start with the Air. And, you know, from the outside here, we look in and we go, well, wait, why don't you ship those things together? And so now we've got two rumors, one of which says they're going to ship together as M3 laptops. And the other says, no, this 15 inch is much further along and it's going to come first and there and, and it'll be an M2, uh, which I think is reasonable. Um, but, you know, the only the only thing is, if you're Apple, you're you might say, well, are we not going to sell as many of these because we're going to eclipse it with the M3 in a few months? And I, I that's a good question, um, because I think ideally they would ship them together. But it may be that, you know, the truth is that they they needed the extra time after they ship the 13 inch to ship the 15 inch and do they want to wait until the summer? Um, I don't know, but I mean, it's exciting that the idea that the M3 could be coming uh, at the three nanometer process, maybe even ahead of where the iPhone chips have been, which would be a first for the Mac version of Apple Silicon. Yeah, that would be an interesting statement because right now it's a laggard, right? You put it first in the iPhone and then you put it in the Mac late, like a lot later, maybe a year later. And that's uh, even though we know they're different, you know, they're, they're really different chips. Uh, it would be kind of nice for the Mac to get the pride of place for once. 
Yeah, it would it would be great. And 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 for people who might say, well, what about the iPhone? The iPhone's the most important. The fact is, the iPhone uses an A chip, right? And other than nerds who are saying, well, what kind of core is in there, <laughs> right. right? The rest of us, it, it, if if Apple says, no, no, for this time around, we're actually going to do the new cores in a Mac first, and then the new cores will come to the iPhone later. I don't think it really matters in no. the end. It, but it would be fun to see, right? That rather than p- debuting your cores and your phone and then having it come to your computers later, maybe this time around, whether it's CPU cores or GPU cores or both, uh, and this new three nanometer process that they're not on for the iPhone, uh, to have it debut in the M3, that would be pretty sweet. And I, I, it feels right to me. It feels like this. The M2 was German, Mark Gurman at Bloomberg called it a stopgap, but it feels kind of like M1 and M2 were all about just like getting on Apple Silicon. And then M3 is obviously the next wave of like, well, now we're taking the process size down and we're going to do some next generation stuff. And that's really exciting that that might be this summer. Um, that's really exciting. We know that uh, TSMC is, well, we've heard that TSMC is producing these uh, three nanometer uh, chips, the M3s now, 45,000 wafers uh, a month. It's not in the volume that you'd need, frankly, for an iPhone, but it might be in the volume you'd need for a Mac. So the, so so there's somewhat of a war. Ming-Chi Kuo says, no, 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 the 15-inch MacBook, or is it MacBook Air? We don't know what it's going to be called. We'll have an M2 or M2 Pro in it. German says, mm, I'm hearing it's going to be a, a, an M3. Uh, which would really screw up my buying plans. There's also, of course, the issue of a 24-inch iMac. He says that's coming. Uh, he says with an M3. This is yeah. a German with M3. He says Apple is scheduled to launch about three new Macs between late spring and summer. Summer being WWC, I think. Yes. Well, uh, summer would. I, I think that's like late. I mean, WWC is almost late spring. Actually, right. It's early June. So yeah. Okay. Uh, so he says, I am told Apple is launching three new Macs between late spring and summer. Those three models are likely to be the first 15-inch MacBook Air, J515, the first Mac Pro. Oh, yeah, the Mac Pro, whatever happened to that, with homegrown Apple chips, the J180, and an update to the 13-inch MacBook Air, the J513. And he says, the remaining question is, which processors will these run? We already know the Mac Pro will include the M2 Ultra. Oh, do we know that? Okay. Which will provide up to 24 CPU cores, 76 graphic cores, top out uh, with 192 gigabytes of RAM. We also know that Apple has developed the next iMac on the same timeline as the M3 chip. So Mark says, I'd expect it. That means, by the way, he's not, this is not what he's heard. This is what he's predicting. So I'd expect it to be one of right. the company's first M3. So important. And Renee Ritchie told us how to read Mark's that's right Mark's rumors so uh this is his thinking not his sources that right. would be when he, when he was at nine to five it was all sources but Bloomberg is like but the narrative you must have the narrative and yeah. so now he has to do that kind of like well I expect and I expect and it to that. be one of the company's first m3 based machines this is the yeah the iMac but the chip destined for the new MacBook Air models is slightly less clear and remember that quo said m2 German says, if those machines launch in a few months with the M2 chip, they'll quickly become outdated. That's what you were saying, Jason. Right. A 15-inch MacBook Air with an M2 may still excite consumers, but a new M2 13-inch MacBook Air is unlikely to be compelling. We already have an M2 13-inch MacBook yeah, Air. Yeah, th- that's the part that I thought was especially perplexing is Mark Gurman's report says there's going to be a new MacBook Air model 
and he doesn't know whether it'll be an M2 or an M3. Well, and it has I, to be an Mark's, M3, right? Mark's a smart guy, but duh, of course <laughs> it's an M3. Like, what, what, unless, like, no, it's the same, but they changed the colors or something? Like, that's a, that's a dumb, dumb product release. So, Why bother? So the MacBook yeah. Air has got to be an M3, right? So the question really is, do you release an M2 15-inch laptop knowing it's going to be surpassed by an M3 and just figuring, look, people are just going to want the 15-inch laptop. They're not going to care. Or do you hold on to that product and release it at the same time? I think the reason you would release it early is because you've been making them for a while now and they're on another production track and you need to get them out the door and they just didn't line up. And as we've seen with the iPad especially, Apple is actually not afraid to release products in a sequence that don't make sense right. because <laughs> they've done it when they have to with other products that, that are in like the, like the iPad that's got the weird pencil and, but it's got the good uh, placement of the camera and like it, they're all over the place with that. And sometimes that has to do with whatever is happening on the inside in terms of manufacturing. So it may be that they're, you know, re their remaining M2 chips are going to go in this 15 inch laptop. And then, then separately they've got this new air and they, and they'll say to themselves, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the fall or the winter, we'll put the M3 in that 15 inch laptop too, but we're not worried about it for now. Are they and trying I to get on a yearly case? Is it in, is it in their interest? I understand now in the early days, you're kind of stagger stepping but eventually you'd want to do a yearly cadence of all this stuff yeah. german says i mean german says it weirdly he says they they have said they want to go on a yearly cadence and i know they've never said that for the m series chip but given that the a series is on a yearly cadence i think it would be great because the alternatives are either these 18 months cadences where you have to skip certain generations two years is too far so yeah i i think in the end what they'd like and what we're starting to see is maybe they want the chips every year um, but the some of the models skip years, right? So the iMac skipped a year. Maybe the Mac Studio skips a year. The Mac Pro will certainly skip a year. And so maybe you'll end up in a situation where like MacBook Air and MacBook Pro get updated every year. And then at Mac Mini and and iMac and a few other models, it's a it's an every other year kind of thing. And that would, would not That's be unreasonable at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess some of this is dependent, just as they used to be dependent on Intel, they're now dependent on TSMC. And what TMC SMC can do, but they the story was they had bought up all the their three nanometer chips. Yeah, so <laughs> they got them. Uh, however many that is, uh, so he says last year Apple introduced the first M2 chip at WWDC in June. If Apple were to stick again, this is his speculation to stick to last year's schedule, an M3 chip alongside a new MacBook Air WWDC 23 would make sense. The company could then follow up with the M3 iMac later in the year and the M3 Pro and M3 Max-based MacBook Pros in 2024. He says the M3 will also land next year in a revamped, this is the most exciting paragraph, frankly, in a revamped iPad Pro with OLED screens scheduled for the first <laughs> half of 2024. And looking further into the future, even more exciting Mac upgrades as early as 2025 and this is the line I like that likely includes the first MacBooks with OLED screens and touch support. Mm. That's an interesting roadmap. Again, this is Mark's speculation. You have to go back a few paragraphs to where he's been told things. And he's previously reported that about the touch that they were. Yeah, working yeah, on that. yeah. We, so some we of that, some of that it. is in his. Yeah, it's good to get. We're we're getting out the 2025 rumors now. I mean, well, <laughs> why not? You know, we can. Yeah, I saved him for the second half of the show. It's below the fold. We can talk about it now. 
Uh, I would, and for the next two years. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would love. I mean, I just bought the M2 uh, MacBook Air, and I love it as you do. It's great. It's great. Amazing. Yeah, yeah it's so good. Uh, but boy, I I also was. I would have if I could have, but I I needed it. But I would would have held held off for an M3. I'm very excited. I feel yeah. like the M3 is the next big leap, not the M2. The M2, as you yeah. said, is a stopgap. And and when you get to the bottom of the list, it's always that: Do you need a Mac now? Yes. Okay. Then get a right. Mac now. Oh it's yeah. Not, there's there's no there's, there's no there, need there here. There's so no need as long, here, Andy. So long as you didn't find that one page on the on the Apple Store that still has an Intel uh, <laughs> Intel CPU in it, there's nothing. Because I'm, I mean, it would it would bum me it would bum me out if they came out with an M3 based Mac Mini like in October because I'm almost certainly going to be buying one like in the spring. But it's like I so desperately need a a a, 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 a Mac Mini right now, and it's going to be so much of a leap over what I want to do, and it's going to have exactly. a good five ten years worth of life of it. Yeah. But again, if it's if they if they say, oh, Apple bought, Andy bought his 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 Mac in April, time to introduce a new one in May. Well, that was then my life well, story for decades. Decades, yeah. right <laughs> and, and i, I, I it's think hard not of, to take that personally yeah i think that what i really love about the mac minis and i have so many of them is that you buy them they still do what they what they bought them to do you can use them i have i literally have one here that is 12 years old wow and it and what it does is this see this is my, my little my that's little, my that's little all illustrator. It does. yeah that's all it does it sits there and 12 years later it yeah we have an old one in the conference room for our zoom meetings you know, it, yeah they're great they just and so they, they, have, they uh, and they don't uh, have to do all the other things i didn't pay extra i paid for a cpu and some connections right. and some you know and and it's and i i buy them all the time and i buy them without a lot of uh regret because i know that i'll just keep using them for what they're what they're good at and the m1s and the m and i now have an m2 uh i'm gonna use them for a long i mean i'll use them for another yeah. decade part of the excitement about getting a new mac mini is knowing that uh, my uh, 2012 Mac Mini that's going to be replacing won't be going into storage. It won't be given away. Yeah. It's it, yeah. the excitement is ooh what can now now what what can I use this Mac Mini for if it's just something that's going to be on all the time and able to do yeah. just background processes? It's like ooh do I do I dare have a Mac Mini as my Plex server? Like no 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 that's that's, that's 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 not enough that's not enough for it to do. Let's have it yeah it's it's exciting. It's you know we because we had kits that had uh, you know twelve Mac Minis at a time because they're just glue. They they did all of our scopes, audio scope. There's Mac minis for the audio scopes, so Mac minis for the video scopes, Mac mini for all these other things. And so we just have them, we're awash with Mac minis and we always, ha we have been for the last decade. And they're just, again, that's why I, I'm always like, this is the <laughs> the easiest thing for me to buy. And then everything else, I'm like, well, how long is that going to last? And what am I going to do with that? You know. So the, so the 13 inch MacBook Air with the M2 came out in July. So it would be almost a year if they announced uh, an M3-based version in June. At WWDC, which yeah. is when they announced the that's, air. It would be exactly doable. a year. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then uh, a 15, it would make sense uh, to to wait till then. The pr Here's the problem. Ross Young, another supply chain guy who's usually very accurate, says the 15 is going to be in April. Um. So, yeah, and they're looking at the factories, right? So unless something weird happened, uh, and there's no M3, wouldn't be ready. It for couldn't April, be an right? M3 if that's the case. Yeah, yeah. If they're building them now for an April release, uh, <laughs> he's turning into Jim Dalrymple. There's his tweet. Yep. Yep. <laughs> he forgot to renew the trademark. <laughs> <laughs> um. 
So I don't know who. What do we think? What do we? Uh, what what is uh, what is our consensus? I you know I'm I'm going to assume that you don't have the same sources as uh, German Russ Young isn't calling you on the phone. In, no, I'm not. Or, I'm I'm not rooting around in those factories yeah. either. But my my gut feeling is that that 15 has been rumored for so long, so it's reading the rumors, right? I think that 15 inch laptop is real and an M2 and is going to yeah. happen. Yeah. And then the and and it's the and what's causing the confusion is we're watching the end of the M2 cycle butt up against the beginning of the M3 right. cycle. And so this is a this is a follow on. Remember that air got really delayed too. So I suspect that the air's delay led to the uh 15 inch laptop delay and has slid it all the way back to almost when they're ready to to turn it over to M3. But that's my guess. And I think the truth is, and somebody in the uh, in our IRC chat said this point, and I think they're absolutely right. People who are buying Apple's consumer-level laptops, the MacBook Air, whether it's the 13 or the 15, do not deeply, deeply care about specs at a level where they're going to necessarily yeah. shy away from an M2 15-inch laptop just because there's also an M3 13-inch laptop. Because what's going to motivate them to buy that 15-inch laptop is not M2 versus M3. It's the screen size, right? That's what's going to motivate them. So well, and, I think also, that in the end, they won't lose a lot of, of sales for that. So I think that's most likely. And then the 13-inch will just get the M3 this summer and and motor along. I mean, I think when you're buying it, I mean, with the Air, I think a lot of the consumers are just looking at what bag it fits in. You know, like, yeah, like does it, you know, does it like, and, I mean, because I have a bag that doesn't, the reason I got the 14 inches, I have a bag that doesn't fit the 16 inch. Now, I'm not happy with the 14 inch for me, but, but yeah. I, but I bought oh, it. Oh, never let your bags dictate your purchases. If you're not a pro, if you're not a pro, they all do they all do what you want if you're not a pro so in the and i think that's the motivation behind that 15 inch laptop if it does exist mm. is it really it's just like some people just want a bigger screen they don't want to pay two, yeah. two grand for a macbook pro a 14 inch or, or even yeah. more for the 16 inch they just want a bigger screen on a on yeah. what and probably it comes from people buying the macbook air and, and apple going to them in a survey and saying like what would you change and the answer being i'd like a bigger screen right and they're like right. okay that's an interesting idea so i think it'll just be I mean, I'm curious what Andy and Alex think, but that's if I had to bet, that would be my bet is that it's just going to be an M2 and they'll do the M3 yeah. later. Yeah, I think so. I agree. I'm, I'm I'm interested to hear what people have to say about how I mean, Alex mentioned like the the famous prison lunch tray uh, MacBook, like the 17 inch, which is oh, when you when you, you 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 the number 17 is a number you're familiar with. You think you have an idea of how big this MacBook is until the first time you actually see one. And you're like, no, no, yeah. that's that's bigger than is that. I, I think so I, I think is that 17 feet or 17 inches. Oh, and I'm always so I'm, I'm always curious about like, uh, are is there a poor is there a mobile external display solution that would do the trick for you for for having it's extra just, screen real estate? You know, when, or do you when just you, want. Because it it's, it's it's a hard thing. You really do need a special bag to carry this around, and it's not going to fit in my backpack. I mean, I, I have a Rust Twenty Four that I would all that everything. I mean, I put oh, two yeah. or three yeah, laptops in, you know, into my into my Rust Twenty Four. I will admit, three. You, I, you you have a backpack that could that could serve you for like two months yeah. after the collapse of all civilization. Yeah. So that's the the, be, the best part <laughs> about the four. I will say the one thing about the fourteen in, fourteen inch is it fits in that little pad against your back with an eye with an ipad like you put them both in there and that's where i stick them but the um but the 17 inch the big thing was is that you you, you get to a location you open it up and you don't have to do anything else and i don't figure out how to Good plug point. things in or where to plug things in i just open it up it's on it's it's you know it's it, it's gonna have a big battery it's gonna last a long time if i'm on a flight i could do real work 
you know, so um, <laughs> assuming that I'm not in economy economy, but I, yeah, exactly. When, when I had a 17 inch, I was mostly not in economy. So, um, so the, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, usually the case, right? The bigger the laptop, well, the bigger the seat. <laughs> well, you have a lot of apologies to make in the, you're, in the sun, you're in the center seat. A lot of apologies to make to that person at <laughs> the left and yeah. the right. No, the, the thing is, is that I, I was, when I was, when I had a 17 inch, I will say what came with the 17 inch is a maniacal obsession with the exit row. So I, I <laughs> always knew where the, I, I was always like waiting right to when I could get under the exit row. Cause back then you had to like go the day before and, you know, go online. And, and like the moment I was able to do it, I would get on the exit row so I could get that extra. So I could open it up because you couldn't open the 17 inch in economy uh, or you'd be afraid that someone was going to open it against you. But the bottom line is you could open it up. You could open up a couple windows. You could do what you needed to do. And it was just, and it was powerful and it did all the things it needed to do. And I, I can only imagine what an M2 or M3 would, um, with, you know, the kind of memory, I mean, battery, the battery probably lasts 20, 20, 20 or 30 hours on a 17 inch. <laughs> um, and so it would be, you know, it, it'd be great. Um, the 16 inch will be fine. It's fine. Um, the, uh, but, it, but the 17 inch was a great, was a great computer for a lot of us that were doing work on the road, like really doing like graphic right. work on the road. Um, the 17 inch was, was really special, but nothing's ever been. I think the 16 with the new small bezels and stuff will come pretty close to scratching that itch. I would think it might, it might, it might. Yeah. If if I, is 24 gigs enough Ram? Do you want more? You want more, don't you? I would always want more, but I mean, I think 32 is a good number for a lot of those things, but 24 is not too bad. You can do on a laptop. Most of what you're going to do on a laptop, it's not, it's enough. I'll tell you the only reason I want, uh, I have 24 in my M2 MacBook Air, but Mm -hmm. I, the only reason I'd want more is because I'm running Windows, and uh, there's an ex- you know yeah, if you then, have a VM running that you would like to have a little extra RAM for that. I mean, there's definitely things like I have, uh, you know, I have some processes that I do that will not run under 64 gigs. Like they they literally won't. It just says there's not enough RAM. Like I can't I can't do what you need me to do without more RAM. So those are photogrammetry and some some other calculation stuff that is required that it needs to load everything into RAM. Or it starts swapping horribly, you know. So um, those are things that where the more RAM makes makes a difference. But it's usually a lot of texture maps or a lot of parallel processes or a lot of other things that are pretty deep edge cases. I think most people are, are fine without them. The thing that makes me drool, and I'm still going to root for it, is that June, come June, WWDC, Apple announces a 15-inch MacBook Air with an M3 chip in it and 32 gigs mm. of RAM. I still think the Pro, I think the Pro is probably what I would expect at dub. You know, like yeah. that's the thing that I think yeah. is going to be the big, I think the pro potentially the goggles. Actually, I, mean, I would the buy the pro. Things. It's not much thicker than the air and it has all those ports. So I guess I could. Oh, all right. I mean, the pro you pro into it. I mean, the big pro, oh, the Mac pro. <laughs> I think the, the Mac pro is the one that works. <laughs> oh, I think, the MacBook well, pro. that's I think for the Mac developers. Is, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's when the, when the pro that we have now, I believe was at a, at a WWDC is when it was okay. announced. Yeah. So you think they'll yeah. do that to the exclusion of everything else, and then and then like a month later, and I think that the goggles might be out. The goggles, if, if we're gonna yeah, headset, yeah. You know what? They're gonna have a year, lot to talk about. You're right. You don't want to fill it up with yeah. too much stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and that'd be the only reason I wouldn't be surprised if they did the pro earlier just to get it out of the way, <laughs> like two weeks before, do a little event or a month before, do an event, get the pro out of the way. If the, if they're gonna do the the goggles, they're gonna want to talk about as little as possible. Um, you know, because that's going to be everything for them. So if, if they're doing that, if, if it doesn't happen this year, then we get to wait another year for AR, you know, like, because it's the, the, the time to, an- the possibly the time to re- announce it is March or April to, to wet, you know, wet everybody's appetite for WWDC. 
But otherwise, it's going to be WWDC is when you announce the goggles, you put it out yeah. as a developer, you tell people it's going to ship for developers only in September or October, and and you kind of prep everybody with all the new um, classes of code. That, that report's out there already, right? I mean, I think yeah, we're yeah. pretty much guaranteed that WWDC is going to be it unless it slips if further. If it works. And the ma- if it yeah, works. And the ma- I, 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 I've heard, you know. I've heard Things. from people who have heard from other people who've said that it's basically ready to go. Yeah. I mean, um, we have to remember there was a there was a there was an app there yeah. was a there was a WWDC where there were all the graphics were in the shape of an Apple TV and no <laughs> and, and there no, was yeah, no. Oh. You never know. Never no ca- Apple TV. Like, like, don't, like there was, yeah. it, I, I was yeah, like, don't count I your saw. chickens before they're hatched. But I, I know. the Mac, the Mac Pro would be perfect for WWDC, right? Because that's yeah. the audience for it. And also, I would, I would argue that there, there is something to be said for releasing your M2 Ultra, but still M2 based Mac Pro a little in, in advance of you flipping the calendar yes. over to M3. That's a good point. Don't yeah. mention M. No, XA on the M3. Yeah. I, I'll be really interested to see if the Mac Pro lets you swap the, the processor out. Like yeah. If it, if it, if it yeah. that's that would be just. It's enough massive. of an it'll, SOC it'll be, that you could do that. You're thinking, yeah, 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 and and it'll be part of the ongoing discussion of how does Apple define the word Pro these days. And one of the things that is still on the books is does Pro mean is on the desktop? It means that you can expand it later on or you can reconfigure it as your needs change or you know if you're if you're spending if, if you're spending uh ten thousand dollars for a workstation where just the case itself has an eight hundred dollar bill of materials should, should you be okay to be able to replace this old processor with a new one it is a good uh, advantage of unified memory that that is now on the on the on the die so it could it, put it in a card i mean some kind of card that yeah as long as the bus is fast enough for disk io it doesn't have yeah. to be fast enough for RAM oh. anymore right. or, or GPU anymore. So it right. does make sense. You could have a daughter card that is the CPU yeah. and the RAM and the GPU. Those are all on and, a fast, fast, fast internal bus. And the drives don't have to be. Well, it's not, it's not just drives. It's it's having PCIe, you know, like PC, PCI cards PCI are. PCI 4, you know, having, right? PCIe yeah, so you'd have a, a, being able to add four to six cards, being able to have, yeah. um, you know, you don't have as much RAM, you know, but external RAM. I mean, being able to swap out drives, have external cards, and have a lot of I/O in it is is a lot is a very valuable, and the ability to switch that chip out or switch that card or switch the card out would be a huge value um, as far as a pro pro app or a pro piece of no hardware. No kidding, and and totally yeah. doable because of unified memory and unified GPU. Totally right. doable, I, I think. Right? Does PCI get head. complicated? If uh, <laughs> huh? It works in my head. It works in my <laughs> head. It works That's perfectly. all. It yeah. works so well. It's so well. So amazing. Show title. <laughs> so amazing. It works in my head. Apple has released uh, a 600 megabyte firmware update for your studio display. <laughs> uh, it's basically an iPhone with a with a giant yeah. screen. iOS and, update. Yeah. Uh, this is beta firmware, but uh, yes. So, so you ha- do you have a studio display? Who has a studio? Anybody? I do. And uh, and you're on the beta. Yep. I am not on the beta, so okay. I don't know what beta goodness is, I'm missing. This from is beta my two. Screen. Uh, six hundred megabytes is the goodness. Uh, yeah, you're missing six hundred megabytes. No release notes. No clues as to what's changed yeah. or improved with the release according to nine to five Mac. Public build will be coming out later, and at that point, they will have to put out release notes. I'm, you know, I'm still fascinated by why that display runs iOS. 
that I, I'm, I'm sure there are all kinds of efficiencies they can get. I'm sure that saves them some, some problems running, running firmware. But I think all of us are still thinking about, Ooh, what are they building? What are they, what up, what, how are they going to train? What's going to happen like in 2024? An update that says, congratulations, you now have an augmented reality, uh, <laughs> augmented reality, uh, 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 display target or congratulations, you now have also a completely working Apple TV or you now have an, ex- you now have an independent iOS, uh, 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 uh you have now, you now know something that can, that can sideload, excuse me, <laughs> you now have something that can independently run ios apps uh, as to offload some of the processing power off of your ipad if you're using that as a productivity thing i'm still flabbergasted as to what this thing could do running ios and uh finally before we get to the picks of the week some great talented pianist and composer from toronto has turned the iphone alarm into an entire concerto <laughs> and posted it on insta Let's see how many uh, takedowns I can get for playing this. <laughs> we'll just give it a shot and see. Oh, I like the little bass line there. It's jazzy. I could dance to that. It's like the iPhone's end credits music. A love theme from iPhone. The love theme from the iPhone. Peebo Bryson. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little more, it's dramatic. I think it's adding some backstory to the iPhone, you know? Some drama. Like maybe some broken hearts. Love gone wrong. But it all ends in a redeeming (laughs) third act when the iPhone... Says goodbye to the iPod. Of course, of course, you you, you know the you know the problem with this composition. If you're what? playing it in concert, how will you know that someone forgot to turn off their phone? How will you scold <laughs> them properly? That apparently happened. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. There's a famous a, YouTube video of someone. Yeah, yeah, New York Philharmonic Orchestra in 2012, marimba. Uh, so there you go. This is Tony Ann. And uh, I immediately uh, opened Downey and uh, extracted the audio from this. I'm trying to decide if I should make it my ringtone. It seems a little overambitious, perhaps, for a, for a ringtone. 18 million views on his reel. It's been liked 1.3 million times. Uh, and now, just add one more view. The Is that the... Uh, they're saying on iMore that it's the alarm. Is that the alarm? I don't hear that as an alarm. I thought it was a ringtone, but anyway. Yeah. It's now an alarm, I ringtone. guess. On, on six. Yeah, it's a ringtone, isn't it? Yeah. It should be played on a marimba, though. Let's face it. Let's face it. <laughs> I didn't know this, but apparently, uh, this is John Anthony DeSoto writing at uh, imore.com. Apple's never revealed the creator and origins of marimba. Although, in a 2013 article by Forbes, Brian Rommel notes the huge similarities between marimba from the original iPhone and orchestra marimba digital instrument from GarageBand Jam Pack 4 Symphony Pack Instruments, released in 2005. So uh, uh, Remily makes a conclusion that GarageBand's software developer, Gerhard Lengling, could be the original creator of marimba. Wouldn't that be funny if the kind of the distinctive world-famous iPhone ringtone was created in GarageBand? 
it would be it would be even funnier if it were like a later movement of uh, a classical piece that is well known <laughs> to like classical heads and so and and kind of like how the lone ranger theme like was only only got stolen away from uh, the original composer when it became the lone ranger theme it's like now it's like oh this used to be a beautiful piece of music that i wrote my phd thesis on and it was art but now it's just the ringtone that everybody uh, gets annoyed by fu- funny story my I mean, um, Richard, my uh washing machine <laughs> and it, which was a Samsung, yeah. uh, plays this song when it's done, yeah, and I, I've mine. invented, yeah. I've invented lyrics for it, right? Like, and now my wash <laughs> is done, done, and I am giving you the new clothes. It's well, so it turns jaunty. Out yes. That is Schubert. Oh. It is called Di, Di Florella. You can get orchestras and things playing it, and it's nothing funnier than hearing an orchestra <laughs> play your washing machine song. Uh, so yeah, they're they're out there. There, it, it, Andy is telling the truth. It's a real thing. Samsung really loves having very music. Actually, all of my Japanese uh, appliances are very or yeah, all the all the all the Asian, especially Korean appliances, like to Koreans, play music yeah. at the end. Yeah, have, absolutely. I have Samsung. Um, I have the Samsung washer and dryer, and then I have. Uh, the you know rice cooker and a water boiler and yeah. the sand, and I have and everything sings to me. Oh yeah, like whenever it's my done, rice cooker like, plays "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." Yeah, and yeah. Here so, is, and then uh, the, he's dear Di Forella. Yeah, which is like the yeah. the, the, the trout or something is the, the name trout. <laughs> okay, so there are lyrics. Do you sing this? <laughs> I I have no I, I mine are more laundry themed. Let a burly German man wash your towel. And, and the, yes. Let me tell you, the oh, best oh, thing about the Samsung implementation is it goes on forever, and it gets to the end, and you it's think it's really over, long. and then it keeps going. Right, that's the best. Bit. Da, 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 da. What are you doing, Samsung? Why did you add the extra reprise at the end? A little reprise. It's amazing. It's. I mean, I. I, It's just so charming that uh, obviously there is a philosophy there that's like we want our our appliances to be friendly and part of your home. And one of the things that they'll do is they'll play music to you, not thinking like they'll play the same uh, eighteen notes through their little (laughs) tiny speaker every time you press the power button for as long as you have the washing machine, right? Like maybe not. Maybe don't do that. (laughs) A, so, a, a, a while a while ago, my uh, my Google Max speaker I got a firmware update so that when you connect to it, it used to make this really like loud like bass note. Bung, bung, bung. Right and now and now and now it, does, now it does this arpeggio that to my mind sounds exactly like the intro like little flourish before uh, uh, the song in Hamilton. You'll be back. So I always imagine like my now my, my I had to rename my speaker King George because. It's like, <laughs> we'll we, be back. We'll be back. Wait it's and like, see. Human brains are weird, man. You'll remember you belong, <laughs> you belong to me. To me. Uh, and when push comes to just and now your laundry's done. <laughs> and now your laundry's done. You guys. Uh, uh, just a reminder that if you were using Twitterific or Tweetbot, uh, and of course uh, Twitter uh, unceremoniously pulled the plug on those apps, Apple uh, requires them to offer you a refund for any outstanding time, but those companies are small and they are uh, beloved by our community and they have asked uh, that you not ask for your refund. It could put them out of, it could literally uh, put them out of business. Uh, Both apps now have uh, screens. Here's the terrific screen. Thanks to John Gruber explaining that you have a choice 
And if you have an active subscription, Apple says, you know, you you have to offer a refund, but they give you a button that says, you know, I'm satisfied with what I got out of Twitterific, and I do not want a refund at this time. <laughs> I was going to get charged against the company, and they're going to have a huge. Those debt. refunds will will kill them. Yeah, know? they're not big companies, um, so I would suggest, as does Gruber, as do all of us. Here's Tapbots. Now, one of the things Tapbots is lucky because they they had Ivory, which is a Mastodon version of Twit of Tweetbot, which is a great app. Uh, so you could transfer your subscription to Ivory, which is what I uh, what I did, uh, just to support Ivory. But at the bottom of all of these, I want a prorated refund. Uh, you could do that. You could get your money back. But just a word of a note of warning: it's going to be hard on those companies. And, and you got to understand your 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 money's not in, not in this. <laughs> it's, it's it's in their app, but in this device, it's. Um, yeah, and and listen, the way Elon did it was so horrific uh but he's become the king of horrific uh he they just pulled the plug without telling him without warning him a week later they said yeah we did it because you broke the rules to which they said but we've been here for so many years what rule do we break and then they hemmed and hawed and they said uh this one we just added yesterday and uh it was just a nightmarish bad faith thing uh, and certainly within Twitter's uh, rights to say we don't want third-party apps, they actually have done it before. Uh, but to do it that way was not very nice. So just a you know a note: don't if if you can afford it, say I don't need the refund. Keep the money; you deserve it. Uh, all right, um, yeah, the, the king of horrific, isn't he? <laughs> Unbelievable! Unbelievable! Uh, let's uh, take a little break. Speaking of. Uh, subscriptions. I just want to do a little plug before we get to the picks of the week. First, I want to do a thank you to our Club Twit members because a lot of them are making a big difference. As you might have noted, there was only one ad in this show. And this has been a problem over the last few months. Podcast advertising globally has declined. NPR uh, took a hit of $300 million and laid off uh, 10% of their staff because of it. Um, and we're feeling the pinch just like everybody else. But we have something very special. We have a club, and thank you to Club Twit members for making this, making a big difference in uh, in our lives, the lives of our uh, staff. You, what do you get for seven bucks? It's only seven bucks a month. It's nothing. Oh, you know, a couple of cups of coffee, a buck less than a blue check on Twitter, and you get so much more. Ad free versions of all the shows, this show and more, plus special shows on the Twit Plus feed, like Micah Sargent's Hands on Macintosh. We have a Hands on Windows show with Paul Thorat, the Untitled Linux show. There's special events that go on in the club all the time. We do triangulations. In fact, we could only do triangulation thanks to the club because uh, it's a show we don't do all the time, so there's no advertisers for it. Uh, it costs us money to do it, of course, uh, but the club members foot the bill. Thank you, club members. Seven bucks a month. Oh, did I mention you also get access to the best darn social network in the world, our club Twitter. Discord <laughs> with Elon as uh, Super Mario. So, <laughs> if the Discord is a great place to hang, not only during shows, and of course, we're in the Mac Break Weekly um, chat. We have a stage where we can now give you a chance to ask questions, and we have conversations about every topic that uh, Club Twit members like to talk about from beer, wine, cocktails, to coding, to comics, to Linux, to movies, and music, and software, and travel. It's all in there. And Great conversations going on all the time. I hang out in the coding uh, section. We have some great coders in there, and uh, they are an inspiration to me. 
So that's my that's my pitch. I'm not very good at begging. Um, uh, you know, I hate pledge breaks on public broadcasting. But honestly, uh, I'm only doing it because we need it. Twit.tv slash club twit. Thank you so much uh, for your support. Oh, and brand new. Now, is this club only? So I also have a big announcement. Thank you for reminding me, John Ashley. Uh, thanks to club members. Home Theater Geeks is back. It is a club-only show uh, every Thursday. You can actually listen in as Scott and his guests talk about home theater. This was a show that many of you asked us to bring back. And thanks to the donations, the very generous donations of Club Twit members, uh, we have now brought Scott Wilkinson's Home Theater Geeks back uh, in the club. Uh, All right. So thank you, Club Twit members. Twit.tv slash Club Twit. Hey, everybody. Leo Laporte here. I am the founder and one of the hosts at the Twit Podcast Network. I want to talk to you a little bit about what we do here at Twit because I think it's unique. And I think for anybody who is uh, bringing a product or a service to a tech audience, you need to know about what we do here at Twit. We've built an amazing audience of engaged, intelligent, affluent listeners who listen to us and trust us when we recommend a product. Our mission statement is Twit is to build a highly engaged community of tech enthusiasts. Boy, already you should be your ears should be perking up at that because highly engaged is good for you. Tech enthusiasts, if that's who you're looking for, this is the place. We do it by offering them the knowledge they need to understand and use technology in today's world. And I hear from our audience all the time Part of that knowledge comes from our advertisers. We are very careful. We pick advertisers with great products, great services, with integrity, and introduce them to our audience with authenticity uh, and genuine enthusiasm. And that makes our host red ads different from anything else you can buy. We are literally bringing you to the attention of our audience and giving you a big, fat endorsement. We like to create partnerships with trusted brands, brands who are in it for the long run, long-term partners that want to grow with us. And we have so many great success stories. Tim Broom, who founded IT Pro TV in 2013, started advertising with us on day one, has been with us ever since. He said, quote, we would not be where we are today without the Twit Network. I think the proof is in the pudding. Advertisers like IT Pro TV and Audible that have been with us for more than 10 years. They stick around because their ads work. And honestly, isn't that why you're buying advertising? You get a lot with Twit. We have a very full service attitude. We almost think of it as kind of artisanal uh, advertising, boutique advertising. You'll get a full service continuity team. People who are on the phone with you, who are in touch with you, who support you from with everything from copywriting to graphic design. So you are not alone in this. We embed our ads into the shows. They're not they're not added later. They're part of the shows. In fact, often they're such a part of our shows that our other hosts will chime in on the ad saying, yeah, I love that. Or just the other day, <laughs> one of our hosts said, man, I really got to buy that. <laughs> That's an additional benefit to you because you're hearing people, our audience trusts saying, yeah, that sounds great. Uh, we deliver, always over deliver on impressions. So you know you're going to get the impressions you expect. The ads are unique every time. 
We don't pre-record them and roll them in. We are genuinely doing those ads in the middle of the show. Uh, we'll give you great onboarding services. Ad tech with pod sites that's free for direct clients. Gives you a lot of reporting. Gives you a great idea of how well your ads are working. You'll get courtesy commercials. You actually can take our ads and share them across social media and landing pages. That really extends the reach. There are other free goodies too, including mentions in our weekly newsletter that sent to thousands of fans, engaged fans who really want to see this stuff. We give you bonus ads and social media promotion too. So if you want to be a long-term partner, introduce your product to a savvy, engaged tech audience. Visit twit.tv slash advertise. Check out those testimonials. Mark McCrary is the CEO of Authentic. You probably know him, one of the biggest uh, original podcast advertising companies. We've been with him for 16 years. Mark said the feedback from many advertisers over 16 years across a range of product categories everything from razors to computers, is that if ads and podcasts are going to work for a brand, they're going to work on Twitch shows. I'm very proud of what we do because it's honest, it's got integrity, it's authentic, and it really is a great introduction to our audience of your brand. Our listeners are smart, they're engaged, they're tech savvy, they're dedicated to our network, and that's one of the reasons we only work with high-integrity partners that we've personally and thoroughly vetted. I have absolute approval on everybody. If you've got a great product, I want to hear from you. Elevate your brand by reaching out today at advertise at twit.tv. Break out of the advertising norm. Grow your brand with host red ads on twit.tv. Visit twit.tv slash advertise for more details. Or you can email us advertise at twit.tv if you're ready to launch your campaign now. I can't wait to see your product. So give us a ring. Now it's time for our picks of the week. I'm gonna I don't usually do a pick because the whole show is my pick. So there. <laughs> but I, I did want to mention this because you it's only good for a few more days. And it's only for T Mobile customers. But if you're a soccer fan, T Mobile Tuesdays is offering a one year subscription to MLS season pass on Apple TV for free. You you obviously you have to be a, a T Mobile customer. Uh but that was good for me because I actually would never pay for the MLS season pass. But getting it for free, I'm going to watch some of it. I think that's good. So I just to mention, uh, only goes through the 14th. So uh, you got you know a few more days if you haven't done it yet. One more week. You need the T-Mobile Tuesdays app on your iPhone or Android phone to do that. Jason Snell, your pick of the and I. This is not an ad for T-Mobile. I have no association with T-Mobile except <laughs> I'm a customer. Your pick of the week, Jason. Um, hi. <laughs> There's I the song. was, I was just in New Zealand. It's far away yes. and it's, it's in a different a, day. It's in a different day. In fact, funny, uh, I, you look it up and it says it's plus 21, which is, uh, that's a lot to add, but you could also just subtract three and that's it's a lot easier. Like, yeah. It's like, it's like going from New York to San Francisco. It's from San Francisco to New Zealand. It's right. until we change until we do spring forward. It'll be uh, it'll be three hours, which is nice, uh, but it's tomorrow, which is weird. So anyway, what I'm saying is time zones, how do they work? Uh, and if you don't know how time zones work, I recommend a really nice uh, iOS and uh, through, through Catalyst macOS app called Zones, colon, time zone conversion from Squircle apps. Uh, 
add in the cities that you care about. It shows you the times and the weather, I think, actually, and the different places that you are. Uh, will sync between your devices over the cloud. It'll give you little reminders. Very simple app, but it's nice. It does the job. Uh, and if you are somebody who is who is just trying to do the map in your head or on your fingers for when the time zone, where am I? When is it? What time is it? How do I get there? Is it where is it where you are? Can I call this person now? Are they going to be there? Oh, it's daytime. Oh, but it's going to be Saturday. That's confusing, right? Like time zones, they're very confusing. Use an app and then you will be less confused. Be like the insane clown posse and use yeah. use it. Actually, I love this. It has an iMessage. Uh, uh, is, it a, is it a sticker? I don't know what you would call it, but you so when you want to set a time with somebody you could say it's this time your time this time my time that's pretty cool i like that yeah mac just a real real simple nice yeah friendly helpful app if you struggle with time zones or are going to places that have weird time zones. squirkle apps llp time zones i'm sorry zones zone time zone conversion and good luck finding it (laughs) that's always an adventure uh, you know what? Go to our show notes. That's the best place. Twit.tv slash MBW. We'll put a link in the show notes, right? And then you can just jump right. I think there. if you search zones, it's the second one that comes okay. up or something. But okay. yeah. Uh, Mr. Andy Anako, pick of the week. Uh, mine's kind of a revisit of a previous pick, but there is news about the play date. We've talked about that a little earlier today about Panic's like really quirky, interesting uh, game handheld game console that's got a that's got a crank. Um, it's a uh, the the I, I, Jason has one too. I, I got to say I yeah. love this device. I'm, so great. I, I I took I did I have to admit that I took a I took a bit of a flutter on it because obviously you, you had you had a pre you had to pre order it. It's not cheap, one hundred eighty bucks uh, plus. It's like like okay, they've never done a mechanical device, uh, uh, an actual physical device before. Are they going to actually ship it? And the oh my goodness, all the, the there's so much drama over so many different like uh, uh, retro style like game game systems that you know got a lot of got a lot of interest and attention and investment, but then never shipped. Uh, the only problem is the only it, it does ship. The only problem is that it's so popular that if you order it today, you still have to wait until late 2023 in order to get it. But I absolutely love it. It's the the build quality is it's not cheap at all. It feels like a very high quality product. I thought that maybe this crank would be like the first thing to break, but it is solid as anything. Uh, people people uh, reviewers earlier were complaining that the screen is not backlit. That's a fair cop. But the thing is, it is like super super. super super high contrast so that if you have any amount of light whatsoever uh it's going to be very very pretty and easy to read and it's part of what makes it kind of unique the fact that it's not uh the fact that it's not like another color display that's not terribly great but maybe okay and it also means that the battery lasts weeks and weeks and weeks and that it's super super flat and the games are exactly as i hope them to be i'm not i'm not the person who spends weeks on a $60 triple a game getting myself sort of all like worked up about making the next level or solving all the problems or speed running or anything like that. I want something that will give me a good half hour of amusement from time to time. I want something in my pocket when I've got a day in the city, I know that I'm going to have to like have, have find a little distraction, some fun throughout the day. Absolutely everything that I want it to be. So I'm very, very happy with it. Uh, but two, two really, uh, two really interesting pieces of news today. Today they announced that they have finally their, their on device, a game store called catalog uh there the develop the development system for this is really super and super open you can go up for since day one you can go to itch.io and buy like third 
or free or down, free or for pay third party games on this thing. And a lot of super creativity has gone into this stuff. So there's a lot of games on here. You won't see any place else. Uh, but now they have their own curated catalog alongside that. They're not locking anybody out, uh, but it's, it's an easier way to find the super top quality games. And the, 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 the trailers for it, the information about it is a lot better than what you'll find on itch.io. So super high of recommendation. Uh, also a recommendation that maybe you want to order it sooner rather than later because the other announcement they made today is that uh remember that they planned this way before the uh, way before covid way before supply line shortages and so they feel as though they have to raise the price by twenty dollars starting in april but they told they're telling people about a month in advance that the price goes up on april 1st from 179 to 200 dollars uh so if you are on the fence and you're sort of thinking about getting it maybe you want to order it right now uh, they do offer 100% refunds anytime before it ships so that you can, if you can afford, if you, if you can afford to park 180 bucks uh, for several months, park it while you think about it. And if six months from now you decide that, uh, that was stupid. I don't really want this anymore. They will refund your money. Again, another thing that's different from this, uh, this from other like retro <laughs> console, uh, projects or people take your money and then, well, they're gone there. They spent, they spent it trying to, trying to, uh, pay the, pay the rental fee on their office furniture. No, that's uh, you, you can trust these people. So I, I do recommend you give it a float. Uh, the, the only, the only other recommendation I'm going to make is that, uh, you can, for an extra 20 bucks, uh, buy this magnetic uh, little cover for it. Uh, I absolutely recommend that you get it because uh, I don't think the surface of this a screen is going to stand up to tossing in your bag, tossing your pocket willy nilly. Uh, whereas if you put this on it, uh, this is, I've had this for several months now and there's just not a scratch on it. So that's definitely a good investment. You, I think it's the, this plus the case is 200 bucks uh, at, at March prices. So again, high recommendation. I love it that Krista Morgan, uh, the uh, panic video and podcasts hosts is wearing a untitled goose game sweater. <laughs> In the video for the new, it's all connected. It's all connected because this is, of course, from yep. Panic. Same people publish Untitled. Oh, I, for, I forgot to mention that you do you do get twenty four games with it. They they commissioned a yeah. season of games so that it's not as though like the, that was that was part of the risk like, mitigation. That okay, at minimum, I know that I will be getting twenty four games. Like for like, so, basically for seven and a half dollars each. For a couple of months, I get to I get to play interesting games at the rate of two a week, and I get a free player with it, so to speak. Uh, so there's now a library of about 400 games for it. So uh, again, a lot of really creative people have done some great stuff. Not not just stuff that uses the crank either. So the crank isn't just like this gimmick that spawns a whole bunch of oh good another fishing game oh, oh good a, a space fishing game and now here's a fishing game in which you're fishing for okay thank you. Playdate is at play dot date. If you would like to order. Alex Lindsay, your pick of the week. So, uh, you know, I got back into podcasting. I know it sounds crazy. Uh, <laughs> what are you What are you talking about? Everyone's, everyone's going out. I go uh, again. So, so the uh, you know, but I, I we work on Michael Krasny's show. So Michael Krasny has this podcast. Leo's been on it. Uh, we're going to track. That's yeah, a good show here. Yeah. Um, and so, but uh, but so the it's a great show. It's a great interview, and we bring people in from all over, and a lot of folks. You know, a lot of them are pretty high profile, but they, you know, oftentimes it's it's amazing how under equipped they are, even though they've been showing up on CNN and other things like that. And so we send them out mics and we do the best we can to make it sound better. But it still comes back and we have to do a little bit of work on it and um, to make it sound as good as it could. 
uh, as you know, with with what's happening. So we send out some MV7 mics, but even then, we we still want to do a little bit of work on it. And I just have to say that I don't know how I would do this every week without Isotrope. <laughs> so, so a lot of people, Isotrope, uh, I use RX10 and a little bit of ozone. And it's just like, oh, I need a de-esser. I need a, I need to pull this out. I need to fix this thing. I need to, you know, there's a little bit of clicking in here. There's a little bit of something else. And it's just this um, RX especially is just something that I use on every show to fix yep. something. Me you know? too, and, Alex. Me too. It's, really? It's, uh, there, it's like magic. The, the magic. de-reverb, if you get somebody oh, in yeah. an echoey room and you're like, it. well, this, this audio is unusable, even if it's a vague echo and you press yeah. a button and walk away for like 20 minutes and it just it's magic it just goes yeah. away it's shocking how yeah. good it is which yeah, bundle so should i get I you should get the most expensive one. Oh, yeah, thank yeah, you exactly. okay it's that I, or I have a subscription I, I have a subscription <laughs> i don't remember it being that high i can't find it right i was trying to figure out what i'm paying every day every week every month for it. it's like 20 bucks a month or something like that and i have rx10 and uh, ozone are the two that i have there um so it's some kind of you can buy it for you know i think the rx is not as expensive i have yeah again i have this bundle and um, it's worked again, it's worked really, really well um, for me. Yeah. And and I just, you know, I, I tried to do it without it. I, I got a demo of it and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. And then I tried to do do work without it. And I was like, oh, this is taking so much time. <laughs> whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever it costs, make it go away. And so, so does um, it have an editor in it or no? This is not the no, editor. No, I, have, just I use it in Logic. Okay. Yeah. So I have it. I yeah. have it in Logic. So I, you know, oh, my so it's all, it's all plugins. You could just use. Yeah. Them in that, but there is an app that has all of them in it that you can use, and I actually pre-process my files in their app. Oh, so okay. there is there is an app, but you okay. can also and just what, put it in. And what do you cut? And what do you cut the show in? I'm mostly using Logic, or yeah. you know, it, it mostly using Logic basically when I'm on the Mac. But I will pre-process my files, even if I'm using Ferrite on the iPad. I'll pre-process the files on um, huh. in the Isotope app. I do it in advance because that way I can completely control what it looks like and then playback is super smooth. I keep my originals, but I, I'll process the files and then drop them into the editor, especially for like D-Reverb because that is an incredibly intensive uh, calculation to do that magic. Yeah, I think I have, I'm on a studio and it, I, it does take like a second when I hit play. There's like a second of it because I'll, I'll put yeah. in... This last one had DSer, deplosive, D, uh, D. It said DSer, deplosive, D, reverb. Yeah, it slows it all, down a little, and it and it just just it was just like it just takes you hear this like weird little echo for the first couple seconds, you know, like one two one or two seconds, and then it just plays out after that. And so, so the um, but yeah, the it's it, they're super powerful. And again, I I find that uh, the amount of quality, the amount of work that I can do after that, I send it, I send it to. A, friend of mine <laughs> mickey mickey does after 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 if i can't fix it with rx and, and ozone i send it send it to the philippines <laughs> to have it worked on um and so that's that's the only uh, it's funny because i was it's thinking really, of going really to the philippines plug. to be worked on myself so uh yeah it's it's <laughs> yeah. uh yeah exactly you know i have i have a i have a ringer i have, a, I have an audio ringer in yeah. in, uh, in manila yeah guess yeah. this stuff's been around for so long i think i it's, used it in the early days of twit it's I've used it on and off and, but now that I'm doing it every week and I'm, you know, do it, you know, I do this one kind of myself and it's been good. I, I have to admit, I was getting a little rusty in logic and now I'm like, I got all the keystrokes back and I'm kind of, you know, cutting through stuff and, and it's, um, but the, my p final pass before I start doing the compression on the whole thing is to take all these ozone ones. I, I usually pull them back a little bit. They're a little aggressive, but I, uh, um, you know, go through there and, and kind of process everything. And it just makes a big difference, especially for the far end, um, of the, of the uh, podcast. Well, God willing, I'll never have to do it myself again. But uh, if I do, I'm keeping this, I'm bookmarking this, and I'll keep it around. Isotope. 
I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. And I did I did just to price it out. If you buy everything, it's thirteen hundred bucks, twelve forty nine. I don't have everything. Yeah, you don't need <laughs> everything. Don't have but I'm just checking, no. you know, just to see. And uh I am told that they have regular deals, so maybe, they do. Yeah, keep an eye peeled for an Isotope. They have regular deals and they have a subscription and, and I think that the only thing that I've used outside of Isotope that really works is called Zenaptic and it's called Unveil. And so if Isotope right. can't fix it, like if it's really broken, I've had some pretty echoey rooms and Unveil will do some crazy work, but it's like $800 and does one thing. Yeah, Adobe's working on something. They've got a like a web thing um, that they're doing now. Yeah, their little a, podcast thing. The podcast, yeah, that's got a machine learning thing where you can upload. And mm-hmm. depending on the track, that's like magic. So we may we may be at the threshold of like a whole new era. I mean, and Isotope yeah. has a lot of machine learning based stuff in those plugins too. So yeah. the the ability to take something that sounds terrible and press a button and have it come out sounding good is yeah. rapidly approaching. It's great news for yeah, all of yeah. us who have friends who are recording podcasts and they forgot which microphone they were selecting or, <laughs> or, or which end to, to, to talk right? into, you know, like the blue, right? the blue is the killer. It's like, there's like six settings and like one way to do it. And if you do it any other way, you end up like doing lots right. of I just also, got. I, I have friends who say I've got a perfect room to record a podcast in. It's all glass walls. Oh yeah. And, great. Uh, perfect. No, yeah. Don't, Sounds don't do so it. good. No. Yeah. It's uh-huh. perfect. Uh-huh. Beautiful. Great. I can hear you yeah. many times. <laughs> yeah. I just uh, uh, bought the uh, effort to test Rhodes new NT1. The fifth generation just came out with 30, they say 32 bit uh, recording. So we're going to show that and test that on uh, Sunday with Ask the Tech Guys. If you're looking for a good microphone. Well, actually, what we're really going to talk about is what 32 bit float recording is and why it's a good thing. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Should I upgrade? I have a USB, I have a mix uh, USB pre three, but it's not Two. second generation. And should I, the, go, should I spend 800, 900 bucks to get the second generation with 32 bit float recording? No. Yes. The, the, yes? the real thing. So here's the thing. This so is the, the sound devices at uh, home. I don't, I mean, I mean, at, yeah. at the office, I don't know if you need it. No. I will say that the killer thing about the Mix Pre 3 2 is the noise assist. So you, it's another plugin. It's a three hundred dollar plugin that you add to no, to your Mix Pre. Yeah. And I mean, right now you're hearing me through it. Like, oh. it, 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 I have fans and things, and oh, it just cleans it, just, it all up, huh? Just makes it all go away, you know. Like, so <laughs> on our bigger, on our on our kind of mid range and higher end kits for own, I know we send we send out a Mix Pre with that noise assist turned on and it just solves a whole bunch of problems. Think oh. A little bit of the echo, a little bit of the reverb and all of the fan noise that's out oh. there. Um, that's there. So, so the mix, that's the big thing. I mean, the, the so that's super, firmware the, that you put on the mix pre because it's a hardware. It's the, a, it's a plugin that yeah. you buy for it and huh. it's, and it, it needed more, it needs more processing power. So the mix pre three by the first one, didn't have the didn't processing have power to do it. Uh, um, so basically what noise assist does is a lot of what Cedar does. And I will, I actually think that noise assist sounds better than Cedar most of the time. Um, noise assist has, a, and Cedar is the big one. Like that's the one we used to use for everything to clean things up. Um, but the, uh, but the noise assist I think is a softer touch. And it, and, and I, with Cedar, if you turn it up too much, I hear it. I can hear the, the, the bits you know, as it, as it cuts into it. Um, but the, but with uh noise assist, I can turn it up pretty high. I don't know how easy it is for me to, that's okay. See if I can turn this off for you to do. We but, should but save like this. If, that could be a pick for another day. I don't, you already did your pick. I don't want to add a whole nother pick to it, but can you hear that? Yeah. And just, oh, go on. That's what we need here. 
Essentially. So, so it just it works. Well, if I ever get into podcasting, I will call you and we'll figure it <laughs> yeah, all there you out. Go. Yeah. I'll yep. have to figure it all out. Uh Mr. Alex Lindsay does this great thing called office hours, and this you just got a little sample right there. A little office hours sample. Yeah, that's, that's like that's that's what that's what every day looks like. It's just fiddling with something yeah, and, and talking through like? it. Yeah. Yeah. We uh I've today's show is the lower thirds show where you dissect uh, yeah, we literally just look at other people's lower thirds and talk about. <laughs> we talked a lot about construction. We talked about what we like about them, what we don't like about them, the technical pieces of it. The you know, like we de- definitely like digging just in. Just to be clear, the people's lower third items on a video track, not their actual like lower. Third. <laughs> oh, not their body <laughs> right. lower third. No, no, no. Right, the, like the, the, angles, the, the, the they no, used to call knees, it the chiron. The, their knees, yeah, the knees are just look at those knees. Um, not yeah. the torso though. That's not the, the torso. Third. That's not the torso. Lower third knees down. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Capri, Capri, Capri Prants are very, very Ooh, big relief. in the office hours community. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and then on Thursday is going to be Ruthless Reviews. So, you, I mean, I, so I suspect will specifically, this is what people like the best about you guys is when you're snarky. But there's a lot well, of other information, so too. Right? We. It's it's the the cool thing is is that this week we're talking tomorrow we're talking about five dot we're talking about surround audio in general, um and just what the different ones are and what what all the numbers mean five one five one four seven one four all this wow. stuff and then and then we're getting ready we're going to have some other experts on so we I'm trying to we're, we're all talking about it first before we, the experts come on so we you know that's a couple of weeks out and then the uh, on Thursday we're talking about not just the ruthless reviews, but how it looks in HDR. So we're slowly moving to streaming HDR to YouTube. And so how do people look with their lighting, not just in regular SDR, but how they look in HDR because it, it's unforgiving. And then on Friday, Friday, you'll finally get to see what our sets look like. You'll see what, what the rest of my room looks like oh. on Friday. So we, we show, because a lot of us look relatively normal in front of it. But anytime you see it over the shoulder of all of us, it's like this giant, like all these monitors and everything else. And so, Usually people don't see that, so we're gonna uh, turn the camera around. Friday. I love it. Yeah, we're gonna turn it around and show people like what it looks like. Officehours.global is the website. They put them up on YouTube, but you could also join the Zoom calls if you want to be part of it. All the information is there. Officehours.global, including schedules, schedules. Mister Andy Anako, GBH this week. No, I just found out. I just got bumped because there's a big local news story that just dropped today. So they're going to be using my time to talk about that and other things. But go to WGBHnews.org uh, to listen to what I'm sure is going to be a great show tomorrow, uh, even without me. And you go to WGBHnews.org and search my name and you'll find my previous tech segments. So thanks. I think is next week of the week after that. Big news story here actually just come in. Uh, apparently GarageBand has a security flaw in there. Apple's pushing an update out. So. No, a rare update to GarageBand. You know, I would normally say, yeah, come on. What, how, how big a deal could this be? But we have now learned that the last pass hack involved getting in through an unpatched version of Plex, Plex in God. a senior developer's laptop at home. So it does. It is important that you update these other things that you've got running. He hadn't updated Plex in years. And, uh, and as a result, last pass was act yeah so it's important keep those updates Can we talk about the i the uh i i trust hack that happened uh last month i don't know about that one what's that there was an, an e i'm sorry but there, there, there's an e-commerce service that a lot of commerce sites use oh, to 36 million dollar yeah that uh, that, that basically you, so you don't know that your that your transactions are going through this third party that uh, does verification and it turns out that that co- that company got themselves hacked to the tune of 30 million nice. uh, 30 million user data i got cuz i got i got a uh, uh, I, I got a notification from have i been pwned 
saying, Patty. Oh, oh yeah, I nice. did too. I got that notification too. It was for something else, but that's nice, isn't it? Get those notifications. It's, it's, it's nice to know that, oh, something horrible has happened that's out of your control. Just yeah. change all your passwords everywhere yeah. and you'll be good. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, dear. Uh, ignorance, is, ignorance is very peaceful. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Jason Snell, welcome home. A little like a culture shop, a shock, or how hard has it been to get back in? The I mean, I just haven't. My solution is just not to leave the house, and then it's uh, <laughs> fine. Although I did it's have to familiar. drive somewhere, and I was on the other side of the road from. I was the same side of the car though, since I was a passenger before, and I was driving this time. Yeah, no, it's great. It, it is always a shock, as you know, Leo, from all your travel to get back to the to your life after you've been out of it for two weeks. So then, good news is, it was a real vacation for me. I didn't think about work at all, um, and that was Yay. that was nice. Now, now, so I now I get that moment where like I'm serious what I said at the top of the show, which is like anything happen because it's <laughs> like I just wasn't paying attention, but uh, it, it was good, good refresher. And great to see we've been planning that trip since uh, before the pandemic. And then it got delayed and delayed. And I'm so glad we finally got Good. a chance to see that country. It's beautiful. I need some meat pies, you know. That's funny because uh, we we're going on a pandemic delayed trip uh, in a couple of weeks. We had a plan to cruise in 2020 uh, from Singapore round trip to Singapore and the Philippines and Hong Kong and stuff. Of course, all of Asia was shut down. We, they canceled it. They canceled it again. <laughs> Finally, we said, screw Asia, we're going to go to Europe. So, <laughs> so we're going to Europe uh, in a couple of weeks. Same thing. You know, we paid for this in 2019, right? I mean, sometimes these things happen. Anyway, I'm glad yeah. you got to go on your trip. Welcome home. Thank you for and filling, having those guys fill in for me. They did fill-ins. a great job. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Find out what Jason's up to by going to sixcolors.com slash Jason. And I say that because no one's got enough time. To talk about all the shows, Jason. No, I, it's AI in. based now. I just have an AI speak with my voice and watch. It watches the shows for and, me. And I'm tired of covering your butt, Jason. Okay, thank you. I mean, we're Andy. friends, but <laughs> any, you, I any, uh, are you? So you're back on all of them now, yeah? Yeah, the fill-ins were the last two weeks, and now, uh, now I'm back. I'm back to the grind. Only two podcasts today. Only one yesterday. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, I'm easing in. I'm easing oh in. Oh my god. And this is why I I stayed out of the whole podcast thing because it's just nuts. It's just it's nuts. a good idea. Yeah. Don't do it. Don't you do host it. too many shows that don't way. Don't do it. Thank you, Jason, Andy. Thank you, Alex. Thank you all for joining us. We do Mac Break Weekly of a Tuesday, eleven a.m. Pacific, two p.m. Eastern, nineteen hundred UTC. Uh, that's when we start the show. You can watch the live stream at live.twit.tv. If you're watching live, chat with us live at irc.twit.tv. You can use your browser. But it is a true IRC server, so if you have a client, you can use that too. Uh, if you're a Discordian and you're in the club, join the Club Twit Discord. There's always a Discord going on around every live event and every live show. After the fact, on-demand versions of this show available at our website, twit.tv slash mbw. There's audio and video. You can also watch the video on YouTube. There's a dedicated MacBreak Weekly channel. Uh, and you can subscribe in your favorite podcast player and, and get it automatically the minute it's available. I'm sure we will have some lovely album art. <laughs> thanks <laughs> thanks to Mid Journey and the, and the prompt master, Alex Lindsay. Uh, and if not, well, sorry. <laughs> we, he's busy name, that's all I mean. he's doing yeah. some stuff well i'll tell you the name in a second but first yeah. it's time for me to tell you to get back to work because break time is over bye-bye hey folks i'm Ant pruitt and i have a question for you how do you think your hard working team 
with a Club Twit corporate subscription plan, of course. Show your appreciation and reward your tech team with a subscription to Club Twit. Keep everyone informed and entertained with podcasts covering the latest in tech. With the Club Twit subscription, they get access to all of our podcasts ad free. And they also get access to our members only Discord, uh, access to exclusive outtakes and behind the scenes footage and special content like the fireside chats that I enjoy hosting. Plus, they also get shows like Hands on Mac, Hands on Windows, and the Untitled Linux Show. So, go to twit.tv slash club twit and look for corporate plans for complete details. 